Another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, joined in studio by Miss Alexa Ray Korea. Hey. And by Brittany Brombacher. I'm not in studio and I'm sad. You're from the power of the internet. Yes. Oops. And of course, Christine Steimer. (laughs) Oh, hello, everybody. I am on the internet, too. (laughs) You sound like the guy in the, um, the hot spring from Frozen. I don't even remember who that character is. I don't know who she's talking about. That's amazing. Um, Well, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 51. Slowly creeping up on that magical 52, which is going to commemorate our one year of What's Good Games. That's right. Friday, May 11th, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific Time. We will be streaming right here. It's a long stream. It is, but we're going to be doing community play sessions. We're going to be having special guests. We're going to be having some announcements. It's going to be a great day. So we wanted to make sure to give enough time so people in multiple time zones could hopefully join us at some point throughout the day. We are still finalizing the schedule about what that's going to look like. So keep your eyes peeled on our social channels. That's what's good underscore games on Twitter, facebook.com slash what's good games whatsgoodgames.com uh, for all of those details that will be coming out over the next couple of days. Uh, you will be finding out uh, what we will be doing and we'll be hopefully collecting some uh, gamer tags or PSN IDs so we can be playing some sessions with you guys um, on that stream. And because uh, normally uh, that's just reserved for a special tier for our patrons and this time for our one year anniversary, we're opening it up to everybody. Wow. Um, so we'd really love for you guys to join us. And, uh, there's some other news that I've been stalling on saying, but in case you missed the announcement, it's Alexa Ray's final episode. But the good news is, is we're drinking champagne. We are drinking. To your amazing new opportunity. Yeah. Real, real sorry to like, I has nothing. (laughs) I was prepared for this. (laughs) <laughs> uh real sorry to like obviously all these girls know where i'm going real sorry to cock tease everyone else with it but uh you'll find out eventually yes so hopefully in the coming weeks um it's super exciting and you guys have sent in tons and tons of messages what? to us which has been so amazing oh and um you know we are so grateful that you guys are being so supportive and wonderful and understanding that of course what's good games is is going to go on and we open our doors to welcome you back whenever you would like to come back i'll be i'll be like um like instead of being like like that to make a final fantasy metaphor instead of being like that oh that only britney will get instead of being like 
one of the dudes, like the Noctis, I'm now the Luna, just like creeping around on the outskirts <laughs> without being the dead part. That makes me want to cry. <laughs> I don't, I don't get this no. reference. Without no. the dead part. I know, but. It's like Luna without the dead part. Ugh. That's why I voice <laughs> my displeasure. But no, for real. I'm Is that very, the sound you made when it happened? Excited for you, Alexa. It's just you know. No, I'm excited for you. I, I poured I poured a lot of a lot of whiskey today in my in my glass. That's quite a big mug of whiskey. Well, yeah. when I you're here next week, if I, if I last next to week, the third segment, I'll be very happy. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> I promised you Japanese whiskey, so yes. I'll bring it uh, over. Speaking of the third segment. Tons of you wrote in questions for Miss oh, Alexa Ray. Uh, so that is what we're going to be doing, especially since this is a pretty light news week um, so far um, this week as of when we're recording. So we have lots of questions and a few anecdotes for you, uh, uh, Alexa. It's going to be great. And um, she brought a special gift. I did. So I wanted to leave something on the set uh, that oh. was very – that was me. That would like remind everyone of me when they saw it. And I agonized over this forever, forever and ever and ever. And I was like, I want to leave something. I wanted to leave something I owned. I didn't want to go buy something. I wanted to literally take something that I had and leave it here. And I woke up this morning and my, and when I opened my eyes, the first thing I saw was my freaking keyblade. So this keyblade will now live on this set. I'm hanging up my weapon with you girls. That's so you. Obviously, your heart be your guiding key. Would have ever it's bought printing like that. No. <laughs> no, I, no, I know. It's 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 uh. It if you hit something, don't hit anyone with it. Well, I actually, <laughs> I actually hung it preliminarily in the studio, right behind. If you're watching the video, right behind where Alexa Ray is sitting, and during Michelle. our uh, <laughs> mic checks and testing before we started recording, it fell off the wall because it's pretty. It's pretty giant. If you guys want to check out, we'll post a, a, a photo of it. It's plastic, um, but um, it requires some hanging accoutrement that I did not have readily handy. So Ooh. I need to go get the right, the proper things to to hook it into the wall. I've got these great um, guitar holders that I got for the guitar. So maybe I'll get one for this. And You need like a weapons corner because I see a Far Cry 5 baseball bat over here. Yeah, we well, actually haven't shown it on it stream out. yet. So, Check it out. Oh, so that's Ubi, heavy. So it's an actual wooden baseball bat. So Ubisoft sent this over to us. Um, and it's a really cool piece of swag, but I'm like, what, what am I going to do with this? Put it and, on the wall. Uh, Brittany posted a really fun photo of Reb with her ball. Or her ball. I her mean, baseball bat. It's one. You need a couple yeah. more. <laughs> there are a lot of fun photos of Reb, uh, that sweet, sweet boy. Um, but yeah, so we will get to that in the third segment. Uh, and we're going to do our best to not like sob like assholes. Um, it's <laughs> going to be great, everybody. We're excited. They can. It's not fun when they Episode do. Episode 51. Uh, this is where I get to tell you that. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Don't start crying yet. <laughs> This no. is where I get to tell you that this episode is brought to you by a couple of great sponsors. The first of which is Video Game Abomination. Oh, they're in this their, thing. <laughs> yeah, they're in their final week of fundraising over on Kickstarter. Um, if you guys have missed any of our previous shows, I'm here to tell you about a book filled with your favorite video game characters. But then someone decided to take the piss out of them and poke fun at them in a very loving way. It's called Video Game Abominations, and it takes all of those characters you know and it mocks them. So this book is written and illustrated by gamers for gamers from the folks over at Quiet Stories blog. And if you don't know about them, um, they actually have a really cool backstory that you can find out about uh, both on their Kickstarter page and on QuietStoriesBlog.com. So this book has been on sale for the last couple of weeks, and it's 
only available exclusively on Kickstarter, and that Kickstarter ends May 11th, so you only have a few days left to get in. So it's formatted like a satirical encyclopedia and will feature characters like Pac-Man, Solid Stake, and Mario. Now, on top of getting the book if you decide to pledge, backers will also have the reward options to choose a character they want to see in the book or even get a character dedicated to them. They, of course, have a variety of tiers you can choose from. Now, once the Kickstarter is gone... This book is gone. You're never going to be able to buy another copy. So go support them now until May 11th and help them decide what characters should be in the book. Now, if you guys want a sneak peek, I pulled a different excerpt for everyone who's been listening. This one's about Mario. Mario! Oh boy. And he may seem human at first, but, but be warned. Me this, too! Despite the national animal of the United States of Nintendo of America, that's not a real thing, this is a highly dangerous species. They reside deep in underground tunnels, and they reside deep in an underground tunnel network built from green pipes. Now, when they do choose to emerge, they hunt down women of a princess-like beauty. And while on these hunts, they carelessly crush smaller animals by jumping on their skulls. This is not okay at all. It's kind of true, though. It is highly recommended that you avoid the Mario, as it is believed that they may possess some type of psychic, some type of psychic ability. Oh shit! (laughs) If you guys want to read the full excerpt, you can head on over to their Kickstarter. You can get there. To place your pledge for video game abominations, the book at quietstoriesblog.com. That's Q-U-I-E-T-S-T-O-R-I-E-S-B-O-L-G, quietstoriesblog.com until May 11th. You only have a few more days to get your hand on this book before it's gone forever. And these are all oh um, original animations to go with these encyclopedia entries. Holy and shit. I just saw one of the photos and I just wanted to throw up. It's like they're really kind of scary. The ones that they, that they've, uh, that they've showcased here, which is kind of great. But I really just love the story behind, um, <laughs> behind, uh, where Quiet Stories blog came from. So just to let you guys know, cause this is their, this is their final episode sponsoring the show because in, as part of our, uh, yearly anniversary and part of our Patreon changes, we're kind of sunsetting the sponsorship tier. Uh, more about that next week. But um, if you guys want to learn more about uh, who they are as a company, um, he said on their website that he founded Strike Quiet Stories, and that's Chris, after several years of struggling with mental illness. I grew up thinking I was going to be a filmmaker or a writer, studied advertising and communications at Auckland University of Technology, and then spent several years working as a freelance games journalist. Quiet Stories was a way to combat my personal demons and embrace my passion for video games and writing. So some of the stuff will be funny, a way to relax and unwind, and some of our stuff will be thought-provoking and informative. So I thought that that was a really cool little uh, snippet of their backstory. So if you guys want to learn more, again, quietstoriesblog.com. All right. Now, on to the news. <laughs> As I mentioned, it's a quiet, uh, it's a little bit of a quiet uh, news week. But before we get into Red Dead Redemption 2's new trailer, which is kind of the highlight of the week, um, I have to say, by the time this podcast airs, a Beyond Good and Evil 2 live stream will have happened. So that's happening tomorrow. What? So we're recording this on Wednesday. I'm kind of bummed because I don't know what they're going to show, but I'm really excited. That's I'm the really excited. My hair in excitement. All of the <laughs> announcements never coming out. come the day after we record. I mean, Grant, we did I get know. the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer today, which I was very surprised about, but uh, that's just the way it goes, man. Everything yeah, I was, I was happy Thursday. about that too because I was I was like, it's gonna be on a Thursday, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
motherfuckers. Okay, so like what in a perfect world, what do you want to see from this Beyond Good and Evil stream? I know nothing about this game because I've never like the played the actual it, game would be it. nice cuz it was just like a CG sort of concepty trailer yeah. before. It was a very like tech demo that they showed at E3 last year. We haven't really found out much. All we know it's going to be like an immersive RPG, like cool that tells me literally nothing. Gameplay um, please. Yeah, a little bit of gameplay would be nice. I don't know why they would do that reveal ahead of E3, though. So yeah. It would feel to me like what they would do here is they would show some kind of CG trailer, some kind of story trailer where maybe we see Jade, actually, you know, like the protagonist of that game. But is um, this a prequel? No. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was, too. But I, I would still like to see her. I don't. They haven't confirmed she's if she's a little, actually going baby. to <laughs> Yeah, they haven't confirmed if she's actually going to be in the game or not. Um, I would guess if it's all like really far prequel that obviously no, cause she's pretty young, um, in Beyond Good and Evil. So not sure what's going to happen there, but, um, I, something that gives us a little bit more tangible, like information. I would like to see like a three to five minute story trailer. Heck, I would take two minutes <laughs> yeah, story trailer. And then I w- would expect to see like a longer gameplay demo, like a nice meaty, like seven plus minutes on stage at Ubisoft's press conference. That's but then I, I don't know why they would call this a stream because what I mean, granted, Red Dead did this and was like, although I don't know that I think they pitched it as like a reveal and then it was like a two minute trailer and we all like sat and watched it and had mimosas. We were like, wait, that's it. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not that again. Because I would be like, WTF, why are you calling this a stream? If it's just you streaming your trailer, (laughs) show me, show me something. Talk about it. You can like, they could just talk about it and show concept art if they wanted. I would be okay with that. But yeah, show us actual screenshots or something too. Yeah. Show me that you built something, please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure, but something will have happened. So, uh, you'll have to hopefully get our thoughts on that, uh, next week. Uh, until then, Red Dead Redemption 2, ladies and gentlemen. So this Hot is trailer number dog. three that, uh, <laughs> that was released. And, um, we have a little synopsis here as written up by Joe Scribbles over at IGN. Joe Scribbles? Uh, Scribbles? No, I was, no, I was, I did, couldn't hear what you said. It sounded like Scribbles. Oh. And I was like, that's well, a great it's name. SK Rebels. So it looks like oh. Scribbles. But Joe, you, you let us know if we mispronounced your name. Scribbles. Uh, he writes, Red Dead Redemption 2 has finally revealed the last game's protagonist, John Marston, will make an appearance. We see two brief shots of a younger Marston fresh from receiving his trademark scars and clearly in trouble with what looks to be a rival gang. It was always likely that Marston would appear considering his connection to the Vanderlyn gang. In the first game, Marston was coerced into tracking down members of his gang he was once part of. The new game, set before the events of the first, sees you play as Dutch Vanderlind. Is it Vanderlind? Vanderlindy? Here, you're, you're, I think it's Vanderlind, but you Vanderlind. play as Arthur Morgan, not Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, I didn't finish reading the oh, sentence. Oh, 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 okay. uh, The new game set before the events of the first sees you play as Dutch Vanderlyn's right-hand man, Arthur Morgan. Yes. Got it. Yes. I was just, I stopped mid-sentence. My bad. Uh, in terms of wider story, a Rockstar press release has fleshed out the plot of a little bit more than previously. Uh, after a robbery goes badly wrong in the western town of Blackwater, Arthur Morgan and Vanderlyn gang are forced to flee with federal agents, the best bounty hunters in the nation, massing on their heels. The gang must rob, steal, and fight their way across the 
rugged heartland of America in order to survive. As deepening internal divisions threaten to tear the gang apart, Arthur must make a choice between his own ideals and loyalty to the gang who raised him. Arthur's so dead. Man, that dead. does read like a press release, doesn't it? Does. It does. <laughs> yeah. Arthur's, well, Ar- I don't know. Arthur's a dead man. Also, um, people point out that it's Abigail is also in the trailer for like two seconds. Oh, that is Abigail? I think so. At least that's the speculation at this point. Okay. It's always hard to tell because when the, it's a prequel, but like the first game came out and had worse graphics at the time and then everybody looks like slightly different because the graphics are way yeah. better. Like even young, young little baby John, I was like, obviously you know because of the scars, um, and his weird like matted hair, which is hey. a choice. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's always like slightly off where you're like, wait, it's like, it's like what happened to Alistair sometimes. You're like, oh, this is weird. Like they changed your face, but I know it's supposed to be you. Yeah. Uh, so I forgot this was going live this morning at eight and then I woke up around eight oh two. just happened to wake up and Jason was still sleeping next to me. And I'm like, sorry, dude, this is going to be loud. But then I realized, so I scrambled and I played the trailer and it woke him up. He was like, what's going on? And I'm like, this is and you're like, the West bitch. is happening. Yeah, the West is happening. Um, and I watched it the first time. I'm like, that kind of looks like John Marston. But I was so out of it and half asleep. I didn't really think about it. And then I saw Polygon had tweeted out a photo of John Marston from Red Dead Redemption, and he has those scars on his cheeks, and then um, the photo of, or the, the clip of him being held by knife point. I'm like, oh my god, that's our boy. He looks so young and sad. I know. He, he also they so typically are. The two <laughs> trademark scars are at this point wounds that with right. stitches, and um, but he does still have the scar. Like the scar on his lip is a real. Is it a scar at that point? And then well. over his right eyebrow, um, he has another like cut and that will also become this man. This man, man doesn't know how to keep his face out of knife points. Like, I don't know. So, <laughs> so Steimer, you 100% of this game, correct? I did. I did. So I did not. I actually didn't play very deep into this game. But considering that it's set ahead of the events of Red Dead Redemption, do you think I need to like do any kind of catching up or do you think I'll be okay going in fresh? You mean before? Um, it's, uh, yes, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. I can't imagine that Rockstar will not, maybe we'll get an E3 announcement of like the original Red Dead remastered for current consoles. Oh. I can't imagine they won't do that. That would be awesome. Given there's they been would do such that a big E3, gap. Though. They typically like don't do E3 things. It's true. Well, maybe at some point they'll announce it. IDK. Wasn't it just, but I feel like, oh, sorry. Wasn't it just released on Game Pass with like new and improved graphics and stuff it was so, so do you think they could they would still announce a remaster of it who cares about game released? pass well it technically wasn't game pass it was backwards compatible oh that's what i mean yeah yeah i think so that no okay. no i think they i think it'd be smart especially if they're trying to get there's been such a gap and they're trying to get new players i feel like that's maybe a given at this point IDK. Yeah, it, it's it's hard because I see people. I've always wanted a prequel for this game. I never really wanted a sequel. I wanted to learn about John Marston and his past because the events that take place during Red Dead Redemption. What, Simon? You look like you're about to say. No, something. no, no. I'm waiting for you to finish. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the, the events that take place during Red Dead Redemption. I grew very fond of John Marston. He's not the best person. He's made a lot of shitty decisions, but you do get to see him try to redeem himself. Um, and I was was very curious about the backstory. We heard a lot about the gang during the game. In fact, he's trying to hunt members down. And I, so I've always wanted the prequel. So I don't, I, I don't think John Marston's going to be a main focal point of Red Dead Redemption 2. So I'd say you do not have to play Red Dead Redemption. 
But it's kind of crazy because this game released in 2010. And I'm seeing people post spoilers about what happens during Red Dead Redemption. Everyone's like, oh my god, you spoiled it for me. And it's, it's weird. It's like, bro, that game came out so long ago. But I also understand how people might want to jump into Red Dead Redemption for the first time now, now that Red Dead's getting, 2 is getting all this hype. I don't know. No. Yeah. My point was Look, that I was going to jump in with was that you were saying you didn't want a sequel. I don't think they can really not do any sequels past Red Dead Redemption. Like the, the first of the time one, frame because of the time frame. Yeah. yeah. Like Red Dead Redemption was set when the West is pretty much dead or like it's on its last legs. And yeah. this one <laughs> is like the West is dying in, in said process of dying. So like I, if they're ever going to make, if they're going to make more Red Deads, I assume they're going to have to go like farther back earlier. Yeah. Even earlier Red Deads. Earlier. Red Dead Revolver. Red I don't, I don't know. I didn't I never played Revolver, so I actually don't know what the time frame of that game was. Hmm. That I is not that is not a prequel or a sequel to Red Dead Redemption. I will fight it's you on not, this. But it's in the same it's in the same family. I mean sure, but I can't tell you how many it's a, times it's people, a it's a distant cousin. People are like, uh, you want a prequel to Red Dead Redemption, play Red Dead Revolver, and I'm like, no, sirs. It They're takes place in the 1880s, so okay. so like about so, what, like 18 years ahead of time, 19 so years ahead of time. Right? This one's in, in 1899. Yes, 1899 yeah. is Red Dead Redemption two. 1911 is Red Dead Redemption. So it just says 1880. So that could be anywhere from like nine years to 19 years, I guess, ahead of time. Yeah. So I guess they have a little bit of wiggle room in there, but. I would imagine that if they're going to continue the Red Dead series, that um, it would be, I think it would be also fun to see them do turn of the century stuff. It's going to be Red Dead Retribution. That's going to be the next one. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Just, I'm just thinking of words that start with R. <laughs> that or would maybe be cool. new IP. It's Red time. Dead. Rockstar hasn't announced a new IP in a very long time. What was L.A. Noir, their last one? Oh, boy. Red Dead Revengeance. Yeah. I'm at a so. point where I don't want to see any more from Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm done. Like, I'd love to see gameplay. I'd like to see how does this actually look when you're playing it. I know, Samer, you are, like, the queen of skepticism when it comes to trailers and cinematics, which you're rightfully so. And don't shake your head. That's don't not shake what I was going to say. I was going to say, right. I just feel like the gameplay is pretty standard. Like, it's going to be, like, the first one, but better looking. Probably. I'm okay and that's, with that. That's totally fine. I just want to see it so I have something to think about before I fall asleep every night. Exactly. No, that was me firing a revolver. <laughs> that was good. Uh, but I don't want to know anymore. And I, what I appreciate about these trailers is I feel like it's great at setting the tone of Red Dead Redemption 2 without giving away plot points. And so you can watch like a two minute trailer and you're, I don't really know what's happening still. I have a general idea, but all I know is shit's fucked up. And that's what I'm all about. That fucked and up. And the shit. lighting is spot on. <sighs> the lighting is beautiful. The game looks beautiful. Like, a lot of the scenes that they do cut to and from, I'm just like, holy shit. Something to fantasize before you fall asleep every night. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think mm-hmm. I might. I'll mm-hmm. play that trailer every night before I go to bed. Yeah, girl. Good night, Arthur Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Arthur. I wonder if you we'll end up liking him. You seem like a bad him. man. Yeah, exactly. I, know. I wonder if we'll end up liking him. We've talked about this when we watched the first trailer. Yeah, this didn't make me like him anymore or any less. I pretty yeah. much uh, have zero feelings toward him. So I'm hoping that I get some because that's important. I think to like care somewhat <laughs> about the player that or the about the character that you're playing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I could talk about this all day. But I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to. Pl- cool. I'm excited to ride some really good looking horses, man. Horsies. Yeah. There were horsies. That's my only contribution. There were horsies. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm guessing I'm, that one of those horsies is going to win Horsey of the Year this year. <laughs> 
Probably. Horsey of the Year. Can you present it as the Alexa Ray Memorial Award for Horsey of the Year? Yes. No, because yes. you're not dead. So I'm not going to call it a Memorial Award, but we can call it the Alexa Ray Horsey Award. The tribute, the Horsey Award. There's going to be, there's maybe there'll be some horsies in Beyond Good and Evil. That maybe not we'll get some horsies. No, definitely not. Oh, no, no. This year. Maybe Kingdom Hearts will have a horsey in it somewhere. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What if one of them turns into a horse? Oh, in Toy Story, they could. One could be like the Toy Story horse. My mind immediately put together what that would look like, like goofy as a horse, and oh, I no. fucking hate it. <laughs> At least I'm it looks still- a little bit more like his his because his he's got like a snout, right? At least he's a be- dog. Right, but he's got a very long snout for a dog. So a mouse still, was turned into a horse in Cinderella. I am still hung up Airpoint. on freaking Monsters, Inc. Goofy. You gotta let it go. <laughs> Every day. Let it go. That's what I think about before I go to bed at night. I think about Monsters, Inc. Goofy. <laughs> His face <laughs> just floats above you in bed. You're like, oh, no, why? No. I'm just Not waiting for again. someone... I'm waiting for, like, my roommate or someone close to me to, like, frame a screenshot of him and put it in my room. What if I like get on a ceiling and me coming home? Yeah, like, put it on my ceiling and I'm just <laughs> put it in like, your house. Fuck. I'm waiting for it to happen. I have friends that sometimes just text me a screenshot of Monsters and Goofy out of the blue. Just to torment you? Just to torment me. Those are not good friends. I am surprised and shocked. Brittany, why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I could make... I can make you Alexa. Like, uh, what are those things parents put over their babies? Like the things with the dangle. A mobile. A mobile. A, mobile. Yeah, a, mobile. a gooby mobile. With all of the uh, with all of his faces at different angles of it, and it can just spin and like it can be his lap or whatever. Gorgeous, amazing. Do that. Do that. <laughs> and that'll be the sound. <laughs> That's the best I I'm into do. this plan. Um, Whoa. There's no way for me to make a, a funny segue to our next news story. So here <laughs> That's we go. That's fine. Um, <laughs> speaking of goofy things, Oculus Go. What? <laughs> Wait, works. why is that goofy? Because um, so it's weird. Facebook and Oculus stealth released their new standalone VR headset this week. Uh, another write-up um, courtesy of IGN. It was released for $200, the company announced, um, and it went up for, I, I think, pre-order at select retailers in the U.S., including Amazon, Best Buy, and Newegg, and Amazon sold out of their uh, pre-orders immediately. Two versions are currently available, a 32-gigabyte model for $200 and a 64-gigabyte model for $250. Those who purchase either model will receive the headset, controller, charger with USB cable, glasses, spacer, lens cloth, lanyard, and a AA battery to power the controller. So Oculus Go Sports... Uh, some, these are some technical sport, uh, technical things that I'm going to skip over. Um, it'll launch over a thousand with over a thousand available games and apps, including the Jurassic World Blue and Republic and feature crossplay with Rift and Gear VR for Catan VR and other unspecified games. The headset will utilize an orientation only system, meaning you'll explore VR world strictly by rotating your head and moving your hands. You won't be able to move through space with your body. 
Not quite sure what that means. Why is that in quotation marks? Um, Probably because it's a weird concept to wrap your head around. (laughs) Move through space with your body. So walking? Maybe that's from the press release. According to Oculus, battery life for the headset will range from 1.5 to 2 hours for games and 2 to 2.5 hours for video content, while it'll take approximately 3 hours to fully charge. So you can't even watch like a long movie. It takes longer to charge then it allows you to play. Yes. Alongside the headset, Oculus announced Oculus TV, a custom-built 3D environment with a massive screen and virtual seating area that also serves as a hub for entertainment apps such as Netflix and Hulu. In addition to the new announcements, the company is updating Oculus Rooms, its virtual social space, to include more realistic avatars and a redesigned, customizable environment. The update also introduces the tabletop game Boggle. Love that game. Fucking Boggle. With additional Hasbro games coming soon. Oculus Venues, meanwhile, will launch on May 30th for both Oculus both Oculus Go and Gear VR. Venues lets you virtually gather with your friends to watch live concerts, Major League Baseball games, comedy shows, and more. I didn't realize you were such a Boggle fan. <laughs> I used to play so much Boggle with my dad and my sister back in the day. Is that the game that you Are you like a Boggle champ? No, no, no. Boggle is the one where it, um, it's oh, a I also cube it was with a lid and it has a bunch of, uh, squares, like dice with letters on it. And then you shake the, the thing with the letters inside and then it settles. And so all the letters are random. And then there's a timer and you have to try to pick out as many words as possible. So you write them down. So they all have to touch. Right, so all the letters have to touch in order, so you would, like, find them, and then you would write down as many words as possible in, like, 90 seconds or whatever. Ah, sounds have stressful. Have you never played Boggle? It's, like, a classic game. No, I, no, I mean, it sounds like I a game I also don't that really play Scrabble, so. Yeah. No, Scrabble fucked Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I have very strong feelings against Scrabble. What do, what do you have against Scrabble? People make up bullshit words in Scrabble. Oh boy. And not that you don't make up bullshit words in Boggle, but at least like, 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 like ah, like AU. That's not a fucking word. That's an abbreviation. But no, you look up in the dictionary and then some bullshit word and like people make up bullshit words in Scrabble. I used Keyblade once in Scrabble. That's a word. Is that That's actually a word. in the dictionary? No. See? I don't care. That's a word. This is the problem. It's a video it's in, game word. It's in my dictionary. It's all that, that matters. I, the thing that I was okay with it with Boggle is that it's the games are quick. Right? So, like, you do one round, and so if somebody has a couple bullshit words, you look them up, and then, like, you, you have to have a – your word has to be more than three letters, and it can't be proper nouns. That's not the case for Scrabble. Um, there's different Scrabble rules. Scrabble is kind of a no-man's land. Yeah, no. So like a lawless I, land. I, every match of Scrabble I've ever played always ends in a fight, <laughs> and it's usually me like shoving the letters off the board and walking away. So what you're oh saying my God, is you rage quit Scrabble. Scrabble? Yes, 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 yes. Rage. So quit. what you're saying is Scrabble is the Red Dead Redemption of board games. Wait, what? I've never rage quit Red Dead. It's a that metaphor didn't work very well. <laughs> Are we supposed to be talking about Oculus? Like, why are we talking about Scrabble? Because Boggle, you could play tabletop Boggle Boggle. inside Oculus Go. Isn't Boggle also the name? No, that's Hoggle. I was thinking of the guy from the Labyrinth. (laughs) That's definitely Hoggle. (laughs) Okay, never mind. Thanks for Um, having me. Um, Not that I would want to play Boggle virtually, 
with people, I guess. But because um, like the cheating could be very rampant if you're playing it virtually. For real, <laughs> you got to be in the same room so you could have eyes on them at all times. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, my god. Yeah, oh you take this. You take this. I was just never really played with games with me. I'm not only super competitive, but I'm the sorest of sore losers. I know, and I oh, tell know. people this in advance. I tell people this in advance, especially when I go to multiplayer game demos at conventions or or things like that. I tell the devs, I'm like, I'm a really bad loser. Just so you know. I'm not going to be gracious. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> Look, I'm going to break all your shit in this booth. Well, we were, we'll get to this in the next segment, but when we were at the State of Decay event, I had a controller throwing moment and I didn't do it because I was, at, I was, I was there at Xbox's invitation and they were not my controllers. I so remember I that. But like it happened and I was like, was yeah, so mad. It was a very, I just have the, demonic sound that you that you made it was a little frightening even i heard it through like my headphones and i was like damn i'm sitting right next to this bitch she's gonna fucking kill me and i turned to like the dev and i was like with this fucking game and like the pr guy comes over and i was like don't worry i'm not actually freaking out calm down i mean were you though i'm freaking out but i'm not legit yeah Yeah. Yeah, exactly anyway (laughs) oculus go oculus go a thing is anybody here excited for cordless vr no yes okay Brittany. <laughs> i mean i've talked about this I, I like vr a lot i just don't think this technology is where we need it to be at this point so it's more frustrating um when we were even playing uh moss on vr i had a great time with the game i thought it was really cute but the technical limitations of it i had to make sure i was positioned just perfectly and I know a lot of people were saying, well, you don't have the proper setup for it. Uh, and it's like, well, I, but if you're making your game to it, the problem is not your game. Sorry. It's the technology in the sense that if I have a couch and I have a TV and I have a PlayStation, I have something, I should be able to accept, access the technology and it should be convenient and easy and good to go. But it wasn't, it was a hassle. I had to keep sitting up and repositioning myself and getting closer and farther away from the PlayStation camera. So once we can eliminate all of the cords and once it's more tuned in i'm gonna hop back into vr i have all the vr headsets i love vr like i said but again it's just too much it's too inconvenient at this point for me like i don't i don't want to have to deal with all of this that i'm looking at fair that's exactly where i'm at right now with vr is that like i think that there's a lot of potential but the inconvenience is just enough that it prevents me um from playing the vast majority of VR experiences that are out there. We had um, somebody write in to our email address, uh, contact at whatsgoodgames.com, and ask me about the Way of Kings VR experience because I've talked so much about the Stormlight Archives here on the show, the Brandon Sanderson books, uh, because there was a Way of Kings thing that's available on HTC Vive. And I checked it out and it was like, you know, the videos of this don't really probably do it justice because all VR videos, when they kind of flatten it out into 2D, don't really translate as well as they should. And so I was like, I would like to try this, but it's on Vive. I'm like, oh, putting, I mean, getting the Vive here and setting up the like the 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 little camera things and this and this. I was like, eh, it's too much work. You know, so I'm I'm intrigued to see how they're going to translate this. The biggest gripe that I've heard from people who work in the space is that there's no head tracking, uh, and that's what's really going to be a big differentiator in the quality of the experiences that are available on um, cordless VR. Now, um, Vive also has a cordless option that they were showcasing in private demos at GDC this year, 
the uh, Games Developers Conference. I unfortunately didn't get the opportunity to test it out and see how it looks. But will be interesting to kind of compare the two options between Oculus and Vive. Clearly Vive ahead of them as far as tech right now. If we're just comparing the Rift to the to the Vive as they are at retail today. But where is PSVR and all of this? Are they going to be developing a cord-free option? Maybe. I would guess not, though. You don't think so? No. I mean, I don't. Because, like, well, I mean, while while they have arguably had, you know, success, 2 million-plus units sold, and they're still obviously working on VR titles, and VR is still part of their brand and their plan, when you've got, like, 70 million-plus PlayStation 4s over here, and then you've got 2 million... PSVRs over here, I would think at some point, someone who's in charge of the money goes, <laughs> this was cool, guys. So glad we did it. Hooray, we sold more VR units than anybody else. But look at the money maker over here. Why don't we Why don't we push more money over there? That, to me, just sounds like more sense. No, no that's fair. I think the first stream, I mean, I know we said Vibes ha- is having their cordless. And I think they've had an adapter out for a while, but it's been really hard to get a hold of. Oh, the very first VR headset that's like, hey, we're super fancy. We have no cords. It's easy as pushing a button and playing. I think that's going to be the one I'm going to roll with. Because, I mean, I like having all of these, but damn, that's a lot of cords and it's a lot of headsets. And it's a lot. I'd like to be able to play one VR headset, but I can't. So make something cordless and you'll get my money, okay? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Okay, I'll get right on that, Britt. I'm right on top of that, Rose. Anybody name that reference? Mm Mm-mm. That movie reference? Nobody? Oh, no, no. And no. this is something that I see all the time oh, in our comments. On. Someone will oh, make a Brit, reference. I would never expect Brit to get it. You you no. missed a whole chunk of 80s and 90s movies. Yeah. Steimer? What did you say again? Say it again. I'm right on top of that, Rose. Uh, no, nope. I don't know. Oh, Alexa? No. You at home have probably already shouted it out in your car. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Oh. Yeah, I, no, like, didn't I mean, I've seen that movie, TV. but that's not a quotable movie for me. What? Yes, it is. No, I, mean, it is I don't have you. it stored in my head is okay. what I mean. Well, it's what? a great movie. What movie is I it? have the entire movie of Labyrinth in there. Don't tell mom that know you do. is dead. Every time fucking Magic Dance comes up on my Spotify shuffle, Brittany, I think of I will, you. Next time you're in town, we will watch it. It's show me. Great. No, and this is what I was saying earlier. This is something that happens all the time. We'll do the show. Andrea will say something no one understands. And then I'll be reading through the comments, and people are like, ha, that was a fantastic reference. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, that was just... Mom. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So let's uh, let's wrap up this segment. There's a couple other stuff that I just wanted to mention. Obviously, I already mentioned Beyond Good and Evil 2. Um, Corey Barlog has publicly announced that he has plans for five. That's right, five more God of War games. Get the fuck out. <laughs> he told uh, Jason Schreier over on Kotaku. So Jason was like, uh, so you think like 25 years to get all five games? And he was like, God, I hope not. We gotta make these things faster. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you do. Oh yes, you God. do. Um, and then, uh, Fortnite season four has begun. The comment has landed. Uh, you can on the like, dusty depot, which is now the dusty divot. <laughs> exactly. You can collect fancy rocks that give you like a little anti gravity boost. There's a whole new storyline in Save the World, which I was playing last night. I jumped back in, which was pretty fun. Spent like an hour opening llamas. That was pretty great. Oh. Um, All right, out of context, I just want to pause for a second. <laughs> sure. I know, I know what you're talking about. 
But if we were ever in public, like where we go down to BJ's brew house for a Pizuki and we're sitting there and you're like, so I spent an hour opening up llamas the other night. People around us are going to think you are a fucking psycho. <laughs> That's probably pretty true. Oh, it did so sound funny. a little weird. Opening llamas. But I think like, that's true of almost their- anything you do in video games. People are going to think you're a psycho, like out of context. It's true. There's a whole plethora. There's a whole Do you have an example, Steimer? Yeah, where it was like those motherfucking level five wolves. They killed me like multiple times yesterday. You're like, what? Or like I spent five hours grinding. People are going to be like, yeah. That, that, that sounds, that sounds very good. dirty. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good. Be like, Please tell me your secrets. I only know this because I have. I, <laughs> Did you take some kind of enhancement? Is there yeah. a pill? Is there you a have an herbal supplement I can yeah. take. <laughs> also, Dark Souls Remastered is having a technical test. If you want to get in on and try that game early, uh, and State of Decay Two also having a technical beta. Um, we're about to talk about State of Decay 2. Brittany and I had the chance to play. Uh, so we're going to wrap up this news segment and head into segment two. So we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, hands on with the Zambies and with Miss Croft. All right. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast, and this is where we talk about our hands-on impressions of everything that we have been playing over the last week, or maybe events that we went to a couple weeks ago, but can now finally (laughs) talk about. And I am here to tell you that it's brought to you by one of our fantastic sponsors who's been with the show now for a couple of weeks, uh, Rit Gamers. And if you've let life and gaming take the front seat for a while and your health is not where you want it to be, Tim from Ripped Gamers is here to help. Tim is an online weight loss coach who works exclusively with video gamers. He was overweight himself once and struggled to find a routine that worked for his busy and gaming-filled lifestyle. Nowadays, he's 48 pounds lighter. That's almost 50 pounds, you guys. He probably has a really round number in kilograms. And then he converted it and was like... Oh, bless, bless, bless you. you. Don't mind me. <laughs> I'm just anyway, allergic to being sad. Continuing on. He's still going in the pursuit of abs like Kratos. His mission? To help as many gamers as possible get started on their own weight loss journeys. To help you get started, he's offering two things, both of which are completely free. First, there's a step-by-step, zero equipment required fitness and nutrition program that you can download instantly. You can also join the Ripped Gamers Facebook group for support and advice from other gamers doing the journey. You guys, there are so many amazing What's Good Gamers in that group right now talking about their favorite recipes, the routines they're on. It's really fantastic to see all of you in there supporting each other. And there's also uh, on a, online one-on-one coaching. So now if you're really serious about achieving your goals, he'll take all the guesswork away and show you exactly how to look more like Kratos with personalized coaching, <laughs> which is completely free and 100% Boy. online. Are you going to sneeze Boy. again? No. <laughs> Hold it in. So if you're excited to kickstart your weight loss, head on over to RippedGamers.com. That's R-I-P-P-E-D-G-A-M-E-R-S.com and grab your free program or apply for coaching and get started on your journey today. Okay. What were you going to say? Does Tim from Ripped Gamers listen to this podcast? Yes, he does. Tim from Ripped Gamers, do you mean 
Young Kratos or Dad Kratos? Because they both have very different bodies. Yeah, but Dad That's Kratos true, is do. still looking real good. Dad yeah, Kratos, but Dad Kratos developed. Dad Kratos developed like the bur- the the washboard. I, I almost said burrito body. I went to say <laughs> uh, what I mean. <laughs> He definitely does not have a burrito, a burrito body. Burrito. What I mean, his pecs. What I, mean, I know, but what I meant to say was Dorito body, aka the Captain America upside down triangle. Shoulders are broader than the waist. That's a t- typical like builder, bodybuilder thing, though, isn't it? Well, yes, like previous iterations of Kratos, he just kind of looked kind of big all over. Well, but because like, he was like blocky pixels. No, yeah, I but feel now, like now Kratos he's very pointedly like the Illuminati triangle up there. Like, he's the let triangle. Me, let me... And then he developed the like permanent dad frown. Well, he's cut back on carbs, you know, so he's really trimmed down his waist. They don't have carbs in I in a, a freaking Norse. He's pretty much a rectangle. Norway. They don't he's have carbs in Norway right now. I don't think he's the upside down Dorito, Lex. I'm arguing with you on this right now. He's 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 pretty thick. He's thick. He's up and down. Like, he has all that shit wrapped around his waist. That's yeah, exact, it's called yeah. protection. It's armor enchantments and you don't want to be of, stabbed of, in the gut if you look shit. if you look when he's moving around like yeah he's like he's like maybe he does have burrito body but he's just like he's a trunk boy. and then he goes in a little bit at the waist sick boy what you face small waist big behind <laughs> well, you know, on, uh... so this is old kratos here right so that's very much like giant shoulders okay. little waist this is Dad Kratos. Dad Kratos. Dad Kratos has gotten yeah, he's gotten a little wide, but like he's still got abs. Look at those fucking abs. No, those like, abs are intense. There's like also, five more abs than a normal hope person to has. Have abs like Kratos when we're that old. <laughs> I know, right? Well, he's like a he bajillion like, million years he old. Got isn't he got more fit as he got older. He's like abs on his abs. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. think, I think old Kratos was more Dorito body than new Kratos. But then, I don't, no, he, I don't know. I'm looking at the screenshot side by side, and young young Kratos is definitely more Dorito body. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm whatever. Wait, look, I you're like there was a Dorito at some point, right? <laughs> so this is young Kratos. And this I want is Doritos. old Kratos. Right? Yeah. All right. He's definitely thick. He's got now. a burrito body. Maybe burrito? I did mean. Maybe I did mean to say burrito body. Well, a burrito is shaped like a tube, like a trunk. <laughs> He's definitely like. Rectangle-ish, like a burrito shape he with arms. <laughs> burrito shape. I don't know. And then he's got that permanent little dad frown that like makes me laugh. I love though that in photo mode you can make him smile. Oh yeah, that's it's so weird. So, so out of place. I haven't gone into to like mess it. around with it at all yet. You're still working your way through slowly. Um, I'm about halfway through. I'm really enjoying this story of father and his son, boy. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. boy. <laughs> Did you still uh, any of these <laughs> no, it's gotten to the part where it's like started doing a bunch of really surprising stuff. And like, I really get like, I uh, I really get like, I love when games dig into like a piece of culture or a piece of like mythology or whatever from another culture and deal with it in a really smart way. And like Uncharted, that was cool with all the artifacts and shit. But like, I really like how they sort of took that world, took that Norse mythological world and then sort of created this like, well, here is all the the stories that we have and all the context we have for all of these characters and then just made like the aftermath and Kratos is kind of like running around with them in the aftermath, which is like really cool to me. Like I think the way that they evolved that is really, really smart and really fun and sort of unraveling who everyone is and where they came from and what's going on with them has been a lot of, has been really fun for me. Um, I love the little details, like when they're in the boat and they're and they're going around in the boat all their story time they're mm-hmm. they're their story time and like i was sitting there like listening to them and i'm playing with my boyfriend and he leans in and he goes oh my god their mouths are actually moving 
Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but like so many other games, it's like someone's talking. You can't see their face. That's but it's something like they're I pay attention talking. to. I always look for that. You know, when they're talking. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know yeah. why? Because you play too many JRPGs where they don't bother animating that shit. Yeah, correct. Or um, it's just like... Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. need to vote. We need to vocalize to match the match like the Mimir's lips. facial animations when he's just a head sitting next to Atreus in the boat. Oh my god, that is my fucking favorite part Slight, where you're I just mean, boating around now, by the way. and this little head is just like hanging out, being like, "Back in my day," and Atreus is just like, and he's just like <laughs> sitting there, like next to this head. It's so funny. Well, <laughs> it's so good. I just wanted. I, I went up to the screen. My boyfriend was playing. And I went up to the screen and I was just like. Your head. It's just like so. It's so good, but I can deal. I can deal with a few less boys. Boy, boy, boy. I get it. Boy, I get it. You're hiding your love for your son with 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 overt, over over dramatized disdain. I get it. Yeah, I don't know I if it's disdain it. so much as indifference. Yeah, he's like trying to be indifferent, and I'm like, the dude, shit out of that kid. I'm like, yo, also this kid, I just have to say, how old is he supposed to be? Like 10? Yeah. Nine? I feel like he's between like nine and 12. He's definitely not, he is not 12. He is definitely like. No, younger? Maybe, I feel like he's like 10 or 11. Like right? a, like a, like a, like a high, maybe like a high 10. Yeah. Like a high 10, low 11. That kid is the most flexible, the most resilient, like the most athletic. Well, yeah, like he trains. He trained with his mother. fucking craziest kid I've ever seen. And I'm watching it and I'm like, God damn it. Like, what a kid. <laughs> I'm all about this kid. No, I'm like obsessed. I'm obsessed with the with the God of War kid. Wherever you are, kid who plays Atreus, if you're watching this podcast, I fucking love you. Let's hang out. Let's I think that Corey <laughs> has tweeted to this actor who did the mocap and the voice? For, I never go on Twitter. So for, I go. Uh, Atreus in his feed a couple of times. So if you're really truly interested, you just had to sure to Corey uh, Barlog's Twitter. Feed. I've got an 11 year old to stalk. I guess when I get home, Ooh, that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like it's so cool because when you see like when you see kids in games, like the last ch- child I can think of who had this kind of this kind of gravitas in a game was Ellie from The Last of Us, and she was played by an adult woman. So she's. Like a great performance. I'm not like to, trying to diminish it in any way, but we've never really seen a game with a act with a actual child child in such a physically and like vocally and like mentally demanding role before. Because all the stuff that like Atreus is saying and all of like the things that he's going through are very much like they're they're hard. And I can imagine you know this little kid rolling around on the mocap stage and then trying to be like I'm reading Norse runes now and that's my emotion. Like I just can't like. It's it's so freaking cool. It's so freaking cool because so few so few games really have explored the parent relationship by having those two characters on camera at all time. It's always like something like Life is Strange where it's not a, a constant thing, but instead you have you know, father and boy doing their thing constantly. Like the camera never breaks from them. They're never apart except for a couple of instances. And it's just like really heartwarming and really sweet. And I feel like if this wasn't a God of War game and if this was something totally entirely different, but had that dynamic and had that characterization, I think I'd still really, still really love it. Like it's really sweet. Video games have been dadded. It's happened. I've been dadded. The daddening, but it's, the it's, it's so cute. I love it so much, but it's a good daddening. Like, it's a good daddening and I'm tootling around and all the side stuff and really need to advance the story but i like don't want it to end but i'm afraid Same. someone's gonna spoil it for me before i get to the end yeah you should go 
Yeah, yeah you get. You should the, go. Okay, bye. Like, see you later. I was like, fun. Go to the end of the game. Yeah, we're just far enough from launch that like. People are getting pretty flippant with uh, the the spoiler it's like warnings. Three weeks. It's been like what eleven days. To be fair, days? you guys just spoiled. Yeah. I had who the stranger was spoiled for me, and I wanted to like kick someone's face in. And I was like, yeah. why? I feel like that's a pretty minor spoiler. Which, by the yeah. way, if you missed it, we have a God of War spoiler cast up youtube.com slash what's good games or whatever podcast service you're using to listen to the show right now. We also published an audio version of it. Check it out. It's pretty cool. I did like the two dwarves played by, <clears throat> uh, Nolan and Troy. Uh, the dwarves played both of the Nolan dwarves. Troy. What? The yeah. Dwarves are not Nolan and Troy. Yeah. Well, whoever those two characters are, that's Nolan and Rock Troy. Rock and Sindri? No. They're not played that's, by Nolan and that's Troy. That's not. No. no, no, the other I don't two. Know who they played by? I won't say because it's spoilery. Yeah. Okay, All right. Yeah. Well, now I have to finish the game and go back in. Oh, I'll text I know you who, who they, they are. are. <laughs> yeah. So I was listening to it and I was like, "Oh my god, it sounds like Troy Baker!" And my boyfriend's like, "What?" Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to revisit this and then call you. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll let you know. Yeah. She's gonna text you what who it is. I'm texting you really right. Uh, so, okay. Good. Okay. Before we get into spoiler territory, let's go ahead and uh, move along from okay. God of War. Still haven't beaten that one stupid post-launch or post-ending boss person. Girl. But thank you to Drew for sending me your loadout, and I'm going to try to go and get that taken care of. Um, so... We were in Los Angeles last week. Thank you to Square Enix for inviting us to come down and play Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, the embargo for that coverage lifted at 6 a.m. The, the morning after the evening that's, event. That's evil. It was too quick. And it was because they had, uh, I believe IGN had a bunch of special coverage that they worked out with them to lift at that time. So uh, we just decided, listen, like <laughs> the podcast is already edited and ready to go. We were going to try to like shoehorn some coverage in. So we're going to talk about it now. But I want to let you guys know that we did uh, get invited there and uh, Square put us up to play this event and uh, or play the game at the event. And like it was a really neat event. It was held downtown Los Angeles in this really cool space. And there was a lot of like jungle things everywhere. Um, and they gave us a full hour of hands-on time with Whoa. the game, which is generally when you get a first preview of a, of a game, it's like 10 to 20 minutes tops. But they gave us a full hour. And um, I had a lot of fun. And by a lot of fun, I mean probably one too many whiskeys. I was about to say, you <laughs> yeah, had okay, a lot tell of me the story. <laughs> no, tell me the story. Tell me the story. My problem was that I was, I was working that morning and then we got on the plane because we had done our Patreon streams just like the night before. Um, and then, um, or maybe the, the night before that. We I was recorded. The show. Yeah, I was editing the show. And I just hadn't, we hadn't eaten very no. much. <laughs> that was the, that was really what happened. And then we got to the event and I was like, Oh, I'm going to grab a drink before I sit down to play. And then I was chatting with some other people at the event. We saw Sydney Goodman there who was previously here on the show with us. Uh, we got to see Jessica Chobot there who was fantastic and, uh, and a bunch of other cool and ladies. Alana who was also on our show. Yes. Alana Pierce was also there. Um, and so it was a really fun, uh, way for us to catch up with some people. I just got. I just had one too many whiskeys, and then they're like, "Oh, your playtime is up, or is here? Go, go on back." And so I go back there, 
And boy, oh boy, did I die a lot in that demo. <laughs> Simon was, was sitting funny. right behind me and being like, I was right, I was right next to you. Are you, I, like, oh, you were next to me. You don't even remember me. where Simon was. Well, we, were, there was, we were side by side and then I thought it was either, I couldn't remember if it was Brit or Simon. Sid, was, Sid was right behind you. Oh, okay. And then there was a random dude. I was behind Sid. Behind so me. Was, yeah. Who okay. kept bumping into me, by the way. Zero personal space. Yep. What? Like, he just moved so far back that he, like, hit me. And I was, well, they were pretty tight. tight. It wasn't like, super I know, but spacious. be aware of your surroundings. Who, yeah. Who, who like, messed with you? I don't know who I gotta go was. after. <laughs> I, we will have words later. Should I I'll ever find him you again? <laughs> I will find but, um, you. I have nothing left to lose. <laughs> so I died like a couple times in the demo, but then like at one point, Andrea just turns to me and is like, I've died so much. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Are you, are you like, okay over there? <laughs> and so I finished the demo and I go over and she's just dying. Just like, dying. <laughs> Just dying so many just times. Dying so many times. And I was like, okay, she, was it during the combat like, or was it during the platforming? No, so no, it, no, this no. was it like was basically timed platforming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. And, yeah, I guess Good. we could say what it is. Yeah, so but. we, in the, in the demo, we played the very, like, was the beginning of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it and must have been. We, we'll leave, like, story spoilers out, but essentially it's, you know, it, it picks up a, a little bit after with the second game. Uh, leaves off. Trinity is back. Of course, they were like the the big bad or whatever in the, in, in the last game. And um, by the way, I want to make this caveat in the demo and at that event. Uh, Lara Croft was said three different ways. It was she was said Laura, Lara, and Lara. By whom? By people in the game. Inside you mean like the different game. Char- I didn't notice that. Different Even- characters said her name differently inside the game. I can't remember the name of the man who, who was presenting the demo, who was doing the main stage presentation. He was One saying of the Lara. developers from Square. Yeah. He was saying Lara, and we Lara, were giving Andrea yeah. so much shit during one of our streams, I think it was. I know, because Lara. I had this bit on GameStop it's TV Lara. About, Lara. about Lara Croft, and I even asked the devs when Rise of the Tomb Raider came out. We were in the Xbox booth. I did this whole piece for GameStop TV on it, and managers to this day still tweet to me about it, um, where I was like, okay. No, they don't. Really? They, they really do. And they were like, well, how, what's the, I asked them, what's the definitive way to say this character's name? And they said it was Lara. And I was like, okay, great. But on stage, the developer said, Lara. No! In the game, one character called her Laura, and the other character called her Lara. That's called, like, you didn't fucking work with your voice actors correctly. Like, that's a big bad I don't know who called her. That could be a realistic thing, depending on who the character is, right? Like, if it's somebody who doesn't know you very well, like, people call me Kristen at times. Like, that's not my name either. So like it's not what? it depends on the context. Is all also, it also depends on accents, right? If it's, yes. is it an American character? Is it a British character? Is it an Australian character? We Oi. all have different accents, right? Boy. <laughs> so my point thanks, Britt. My point was clearly they aren't fussed about it, so don't be fussed about it. No matter how I'm gonna be fussed you're about it. You're never gonna Lara's win that fight, girl. You're never Lara, gonna win Lara, that fight. Laura. Laura Laura. She's still a, a cool character. So um, we pick up with her, and she is obviously out to find some kind of treasure in a cave somewhere because that's what Tomb Raiders do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Surprise, surprise, there's another, like, extremely powerful object hidden somewhere oh, yeah. in the cave. And that bitch needs to slow down. It's like the demo starts, and she's there with Jonah, you know, he's been in the other games. And she's like, we gotta find this thing, and we gotta go here and do this because of this thing. And Jonah's just looking at her like, excuse me, can you please tell Jonah's me? like, okay. What, what I did wanna he know. just say? I want to know where, on read. What, how, what strength of Adderall she's taken, because man... <laughs> Is it the tail? No, kind of. That girl can go. Like, oh yeah, yeah. she can. So, yeah. Um, bugs me. So yeah, so like we get right into it. We'll leave the story details yeah. out, but um, the game looks looks beautiful. The graphics look really good, and uh, we were playing on Xboxes, I believe. Yes, Xbox One X. Um, and um, so don't know if they have an announced partnership, but that would lead me to believe that they probably do. Please God, no. Um, but it's not exclusive in any way. It's coming to all platforms at the same time uh, for this release, as far as we're aware. Um, and it's, you know, they did a presentation ahead of time and I kind of like was making some cracks at it because it was filled with a bunch of marketing talk you heard me read the press release for red dead redemption 2 in the first segment it was basically a lot of that a lot of exposition about what they're changing essentially i think the point they were trying to get across is it's more dangerous than it has been before you know uh, lara as a character is more deadly and that the tombs are bigger and better and the terrifying are bigger also and deadly terrifying tombs terrifying yeah. tombs that's the exact words that were used um, and so we were all kind of poking fun, but actually, once we got to the gameplay, they were quite a bit more dangerous because I got impaled a lot. But you were also drunk. Yeah. Well, I you wasn't were drunk. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I just was being a little bit reckless because I, you know, playing God of War recently, they don't let you accidentally walk off ledges. Like when you're like walking on things, if there's like a ledge that you're not supposed to fall off, they don't just let you fall off of it and then you plunge and you die and then they reload. They That's just don't more let realistic. You fall off of it. Right, you but like fall that, and you would die. But like that's something you just have to learn. And the because, stakes are high. How many times did it take you to learn it, Andrea? About twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna be a fucking tomb raider, you better fucking watch for your ledges. Damn it. Yeah. Yep. So learn that lesson the hard this way. This is the third game. But there were a couple of jumps in the game that you had to time pretty perfectly, and I clearly was spite my motor skills were not this functioning was- at their peak ability. This was amazing. So I'm hovering over Andrea's shoulder at this point because I'm done with the demo. Because she finished and, like a boss. She was just like ripped through that thing. And uh, and she is like, I can't do it. She's like, this is game. Like, I'm hitting the button. Why isn't she jumping? And so I'm looking at her hands as this is happening. And I see her like hit a way too late. Like wait, And I was just like, girl. That was the most delayed reaction time I've ever seen. Like, so I handed her like the controller drunk for this. and was like, do it for me. Do no, it for me. Yeah, so she hands me the controller and I start to play. And I like get her past this part and like a little bit out end, of danger. But it was the very end of the demo. Yeah. yeah it was so like then the I leave thing. you on this building and then you died like four more times on this building. And I was like, sure. do I need to do this What? Too? I was like, no, nah, I got it. <laughs> to be fair. I died a lot in that building too, but that was because the camera angle wasn't like catching up with what I wanted to do. Cause there is that part where you have to platform, you have to jump from like a floating piece of debris onto a building and you have to shimmy up and then you have to like shimmy to the right and then jump across. But then the camera was turning and I meant to jump up. But every time I was like, cause you're getting the moment, you know, you got your adrenaline pumping, the water's crashing, people are dying, a child dies and it's that. What? 
the th- yeah. thing happens. It's yeah, yeah. He's like Bob and it's not, spoiler, spoiler, it's not spoilery. He's just like so. You you're going through this like very tumultuous like scene where a bunch of NPCs are are like there's like it's a disastrous kind of, event it's like a natural that's disaster that's okay. happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like some kind of like a flood or something. So, yeah. And so tsunami. like you're tsunami. trying to like escape or whatever. And then like all of these NPCs are like drowning around you or whatever. And oh it's my so, God. this child like hanging from this thing. And I died right in front of him so many times because of the freaking camera angle. And he's like, mama, no quiero morir. And he said that like so many times means I don't want to die. <sighs> and then the little bastard dies and it's like shit that's intense and then you died like in solidarity yeah you, you die inside a little bit i died <laughs> like, like four I'm times that time oh, my oh no god. i fall to my death holy um, shit yeah. tomb raider yeah uh but yeah, it's intense. the demo itself i feel like hey if you played a tomb raider game before you know tomb raider rise of the tomb raider you know exactly what you're get- getting ladies and gentlemen but like that's like s- plus, really sad. Now can you, you go can back like to bears? hide in the mud, kind of, and you can grapple and swing. Can, I don't like, think that was yes, yeah. Okay, so the yeah, the newish things are like if you're grappling onto a rock, you can now extend down on your rope and use that to swing like right. back and forth to get to different ledges. Um, and All then in combat, you can like s- sneak up against walls that are covered in ivy and kind of just hang. That there part was pretty cool for the stealth. Kill yeah. people. Yeah, that was good. I liked that a lot. And they said that there are points where you'll be able to like be like where there's water and mud. You'll be able to like put mud on yourself and like kind of like be in the mud, like very like Rambo style. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah. What is happening? (laughs) Laura is like kind of a psychopath, and like it's very leaning into that very much so. Which uh, so I kind of I've talked about this before how I did not like Laura Croft at the end of the second game. I just thought like she was extremely selfish and I I just didn't I couldn't relate to her anymore. And that definitely carried through in this demo. Uh and so I appreciate it at I'm I'm gonna say this part because it's the beginning of the game, so meh. Um so Jonah, like as at the end of the demo, kind of like gives her a talking to and like puts everything back into perspective because she's being such a narcissist at this point. Um, like, I'm the only one that can do this. This is all like, oh, this is everything's about me, blah, blah, blah. And Jonah literally says, like, it's not all about you. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Jonah. Yeah. I, told, off. I took out my phone and I said, thank you, Jonah. Like, that was the last note to myself about the entire demo. I was like, thank you. Yeah, she, she reminds me a lot of Nathan Drake. You know, it's like, hey, there's this thing we gotta do. We're gonna sacrifice everything murderer. and anything because our, everything revolves around us and we cause this problem, but we're the only one able to fix this. And I think this, I never disliked Lara, but at the beginning of this game and watching her actions throughout, I'm like, God, you really are a selfish biatch. And, uh, I'm curious to see if I'm gonna dislike her as the game goes on or if she's gonna be able to redeem herself through the events that take place. Giving Jonah's speech at her, I'm hoping she becomes less of a narcissist and like an anti-hero almost and more down a hero-y past. She doesn't need to be like a complete hero by any means. But if she could just act a little bit less like she's the most important person in the world, that'd be really great. Mm-hmm. I like I'd like it if they like gave her a bit more like I don't like that that's her pers- her defining personality trait. Yeah, and also in this game, you know, she's always been like a fit girl, you know, but uh, yes. she, oh, she rips now. She, oh, she fucking rips. She has biceps on her triceps and triceps on her biceps. It's freaking insane. <laughs> she takes off her coat and she's like, boom, I'm here. So it really, because I know they're trying to wrap up 
this trilogy of sorts. And so it goes to show you, like, she's really taken it seriously. She's really put on the muscle. I think it's more of a story element than a, hey, graphical limitation thing. I think it's like, yeah, look how serious she is now. Um, and it, they're, they're definitely pitching this as this is where Laura becomes her true self kind of thing. You know, oh, she's Jesus. no longer a scared, meek little girl in the woods. And it's like a, in the woods. I don't know why I added that on for dramatic I mean, she effect. was kind of in the woods. She kind of was in the woods. She's always in the woods. Always Let's just like call yeah. a spade a spade. You need the woods for the tree cover. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Samer, do you think you sense like a huge jump in character from Rise of the Tomb Raider to this one? Uh, from, from the last one to this yeah. one? No. From the beginning to this, yes. Um, from the last, like the last game to me, she felt very similar. But again, we only played the beginning of this game. So I'm, I'm assuming like she will grow in the same way that she did from one to two. Uh, I don't know what she's going to grow into. Yeah. Hopefully someone who's like somewhat interesting and has, yeah, cares about other people. My, my biggest problem isn't necessarily that she's like a super like self-centered, um, adventurer. It's that they still haven't given me a narrative reason why she is like a mass murderer, right? It's like they um she's they a sociopath, have, right? They haven't really connected that yeah. arc from the first game where she's like supposed to be super vulnerable in this trilogy, and then she becomes she kind of like starts to begin to find who she is. And hypothetically, in this tri- in this game, the third part of the trilogy, she's like kind of coming into her own and becoming the Tomb Raider that she goes on to be. And she's still, I'm still like having this problem with this idea that she just like, like goes around and just kills all these people. And it's like, I get that it's part of the fantasy of a, of a video game is that like there's like shooting gallery sections, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it be like Halo or Call of Duty or whatever, there's like, there's a lot of like expendable NPCs, but they're trying to set her up as not that character. But, like, she is. She just murders a lot of dudes. <laughs> and she, yeah. like, is totally fine with it at this point. Like, there was zero, like, oh, no. It was, like, Trinity's here. Let's fuck them up. Like, that's kind of what I was like, oh. I mean, I didn't mind that. I actually, what's funny is, like, I'm the opposite of you, Andrew. I'm like, I don't mind that she murders all these people. Like, I actually kind of find it fun. But <laughs> she's, I think it's fun. I'm just trying to find, like, a narrative reason why mm. she's doing it she sounds scary of the she's world. doing it because she that- thinks she yeah exactly yeah like that she thinks number one she's the most prep like she's the only one deserving of these items that they're going after so i think like in her head it, it, and she's already killed a lot of people before so i think at this point she's pretty numb to it and it's basically like these people are getting in my way is kind of how i took it as and she knows that they would kill her or capture her so it's very easy i would assume for her to be like meh you also, can die you can die you can die snap all the necks <laughs> let's go <laughs> it was also strange when we were playing and they were describing trinity was like okay she's here young uh what was it like white female young or, white female in her third early early 20s, early 20s. and i was like that's right this girl's just a baby she's only in her early 20s what? she probably doesn't even understand that she's killing people Nah, that's not true. She understands. She understands. She's I mean, people. come on. She gets, Those 20s? are some pretty brutal stealth kills that are happening. No, she's, yeah. she definitely like, knows she's killing people. to the face. But come I, here. I, yeah, I think it's, she thinks every game the world's ending. And so it's her responsibility to save the world and sacrifice Trinity, who has stolen so much from her and her family. And maybe we're looking too much into it, but that's probably what they're going for. The last for. game, she wasn't even trying to save the world. She was like, my dad. 
this is all about my dad. And I was like, shut up about your dad. Go away. She okay. sounds you like your dad. She sounds like she'd be right at home in like a JRPG, not a Tomb Raider game. <laughs> Probably. It's all about me. I have to save the world. <laughs> I'm a young person. I'm the only one smart enough to solve this. I was normal and raised in a village until one day a disaster occurred. And I'm the only one who can save the world and lift the sword. In order for her to be in a JRPG, she'd have to be 12. That's true. Yeah, that's they'd right. Or like down. Eight. Yeah, she'd have to be like... Unless you're Final Fantasy Age down by like... By like yeah, that's unless true. you're Final Fantasy 15, then you're yeah. like actual an adult. Yeah. Um, she sounds... I kind of like that they... It sounds to me like they're not glorifying the, her transformation into the Laura... The, oh, fuck. The Laura Croft <laughs> that we know... Like they're not they're not glorifying her turning into this like maniacal, like super backflippy off all the ledges, kill everyone badass. They're kind of like it sounds like they're framing it in like a she's going a little crazy. Like there's nothing glamorous about this. She is incredibly reckless and endangering herself and endangering everyone that comes with her. Like everything everything this woman touches just goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. If we've learned yeah, anything point, from the last a two games, she's adrenaline junkie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I, I do like the things that I really liked about the demo is like I like how the tombs feel bigger and the puzzles feel, at least from this preliminary piece that we saw, feel like they're hopefully going to get more intricate. They're going to get more difficult. Um, I do like how the combat feels like it's going to be a little bit deeper. Than it has been previously, but of course, you know, there's a lot more to see in this game, but it does feel, you know, like more of the same, which is not a bad thing. I thought both of the first games in the trilogy were fantastic, uh, really enjoyed them, really had a great time with them, and I would like to see them expand and do and do more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I mean, looking forward to this game. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with her as a character. And like you said, I've always had fun with the gameplay of all of these games. I think the gameplay is always really solid. So I can't wait. Give Party me more. I hope, she gets, I hope she gets her ass kicked is what I want to see. I want to yeah. see that bitch oh. in her place. She always does, but usually by the environment. I mean, that's true. I don't know what she's like in the PlayStation games. So I don't know if she if she's more mature in those games and she's like, I do what I have to do, although I don't thoroughly enjoy it. Whereas in these games, I feel like she enjoys what she's doing. And maybe that's because she's so immature and doesn't know any better and hasn't had any sense knocked into her. Uh, but we'll see. I, I don't know. Like I've, I've never had this before where I've spent an hour with a character that I spent two games with. And I'm like really annoyed by her and not because she's written poorly or nothing, nothing wrong with a game, but I'm like, girl, you're a selfish bitch. What the hell are you doing? It's not all about you. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of felt that way too about, uh, Nathan Drake and Uncharted 4, though, like at that point, when he's like, I'm not going to tell my wife where I'm going. I'm just going to go. It's because it's my brother. And you're like, come on. Like of everybody, Elena would be understanding and sympathetic to this. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, I said she'd be cool with it. Yeah. Exactly. She's gone on most of your adventures. Like, what are you thinking? So, um, typical man move. You were said spe- you were saying speaking of I forgot. What? I straight up forgot what I was going to say. Okay, well if it comes back to you let me know. Uh we have another game to discuss this week cuz the embargo has lifted finally. State <laughs> of Decay later. 2. Weeks later. How is it? Is it good? Is it fun? Is it is tell it me more about than the, the Zambies and tell me also about when you threw your or wanted to throw your controller. Zambies. So before we get to that, Brit, you played State of Decay 1. No. Yes. 
No, you no. never did? Wait no. a minute. I thought that you did. No. Why? I thought you did too. No. But it's a zombie game. I know. We all just assumed you played it because it's a zombie game. No, no, no. But and this is what's so no. weird is I don't have a reason as to why I never played it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why because I definitely had heard of it and I know I had seen trailers of it, but for some reason it's just something that I don't know. I literally do not know why I never played this game. Maybe it was because I knew that it wasn't like a story driven game and I completely forgot about that going into State of Decay 2. I don't know. I have no good answer for you, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, I was going to ask for your thoughts in comparison. No, but I went into this blind just like you, baby girl. Okay, so we... We're invited by Xbox to go down to their loft downtown San Francisco, get hands-on with State of Decay 2. And we spent some time playing solo in our own game, managing our own community, and then we teamed up. Uh, before we get to that point, I just want to say I added two members to my community, <laughs> had a thriving nine people, and Britt killed all of hers. <laughs> Dead. Did. You killed your community? I said, You're the community manager. I'm not <laughs> surprised because this is the girl who like falls asleep at night thinking about her zombie apocalypse plan. It's true. And, and who actively wait, wants wait, wait, to be wait. in the zombie apocalypse. And it was funny because I was talking about State of Decay with Greg on Games Daily this week. <laughs> and he's like, I hosted with Brit. I know what kind of zombie apocalypse person she is. Of course everybody died in her fucking <laughs> <laughs> What does this mean? Does this mean that in the actual zombie apocalypse scenario where we're together, you murder me? No. No, you're not a video game character. Watch your back, Steimer. I wouldn't trust her. I know. Hi. You're not a video game character, Steimer. You're not expendable. You're fine. Okay. No, no, no. So here, so here. I don't know that I trust you anymore. Andrea, when I see your faces. Andrea. YouTube.com slash what's good games. Give us a subscribe so you can look at the face Andrea's making right now. She doesn't trust me. So no, no, here's the thing is, so when you started the State of Decay 2 demo, they just throw you in. And if you have never played State of Decay before, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And so I knew there was permadeath between the character, the, the, the community members. So you killed everyone? I wanted to explore the world. And I was like, I want so to see what's out So you took out everyone in your way. So you had to murder people to do I that? I, they were expendable. Okay, listen, I wanted to see this world. I knew I was going to play <laughs> Colin And so I would just grab a random Joe Schmo. I'm like, all right, we're going to see as far as we get. So I would trek out there in the middle of the world, and I would get bit, and I would get mauled to death. And I'm like, okay, that sucks. I would assume the role of another community member, go off in the other direction, and trek around and see what's out there, and then I would die. Oh, you become them? Yes. Yeah, so... So that's how the permadeath works yeah. is that, um, so you start out as one character in your community. And then if you're out in the world, if you get, you, you eventually get fatigued and you would have to go back to your community and rotate out a different character. Or if you get bit and you get like the blood plague, um, there is a way. The what? The blood plague? The blood plague. Plague? Plague. Plague? Plague? <laughs> Whatever. Bagel bagel. It's all the same. Exactly. Blood, tomato. T- you say blood tomato, plague. I say fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, you can change it once you're one first character. <laughs> you say tomato, I say fuck you. <laughs> That's not a t-shirt. Um, so the once blood. you... Um, it is. It's true. You can use to buy it at Urban Outfitters. Um, so here's the thing. You can trade out your characters. You like rotate them out and you give them some rest or you have to give them medicine or whatever. Um, because there's a, you can, if you, if you, even if you get bit, you can technically be, be cured. cured. Yeah. Are you With okay? What? There's a cure for the plague? <laughs> yes. 
The wire the and plague. Still zombies. There's a cure for the plague, but I don't know about the plague. Because there's very limited cures and you, it takes a lot of resources. Well, think of this too, Samir. If the, there are like zombies walking around and half their guts are hanging out and they're missing like an arm and a leg, are you really going to restore them to humanity? No. That's not quite what I meant, but you're well, right. I, I meant more of like, how has it not been contained at some point if you can fix early bites? Well, I think the early bites are one of those things that's like, if you get mauled by a zombie and they eat oh, you, fucked. like you're done. Yeah. But like, if you get like one bite, you can make it away. Uh, then there's a way to uh, fix it, but it takes resources. And that's, that's probably why it's not widespread. Yeah. From, it's it's it not takes like there's a resources. case sitting with all the, antivirus around there's not unlimited like like, vaccines hanging out so from when you like let's say you're out in the world you get bit and then you have to like you're like okay i'm gonna go back to my camp and use some resources to fix me how like fast do you degenerate like do you have like a time window where you have to save yourself okay because i yeah because i only got bit but one of my characters got bit in an encounter with one of those like really big an fat encounter. zombies whose names I can't remember. I don't know if it um, works that way. I might be wrong, but I think you have to get bit a certain amount of time and then you times and then you turn into a zombie. I think it's not like it progresses throughout your system like typical zombie lore where you get bit and then you're like your time is ticking. I think it's you have to get bit. Well, actually us a little bit there. I think I don't know. In typical zombie lore. <laughs> Zombie lore. I'm like, excuse me. I think that the zombies are very, very. I don't know what I was going with that, but, <laughs> but Andrea. So I would like you to know that I have found a T-shirt that says "You say tomato, I say Bloody Mary," and I feel like I want to buy it for you. That's that, that's, that's awesome. That sounds pr- fucking perfect for me. Um. So in the game, we're playing, and in my playthrough, my single player single player playthrough which leads me to my frustration where i almost threw the controller at this demo um so i had never played state of decay before so i asked one of the the developers to come over and sit down with me and i said hey like i'm coming in here completely fresh literally have no idea what i'm walking into can you walk me through what the basics are so he's telling me about this system and this system and this system and this system. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe I'm regretting this. There's a lot going on here. Um, and basically, this is unlike other zombie games in the sense that there's a lot more base building and RTS and RPG elements to the, than there are combat elements. And that's something that I wasn't aware of. This isn't like Dead Rising or like Dying Light. Where you can just like go in and you can just like get into it with the zombies and tussle with them and, or Dead Island where you can just like hack and slash your way through stuff. This is very much like you want to kind of go low and slow. You want to, you know, be quiet. You want to work your way through. You want to be methodical. Which is why I died. I don't have the patience to be that way. I know, right? And so. I was like, okay, this is good to know because the whole, like, the whole point of the game, because I asked, like, is there, like, an overarching narrative or a story? And he's like, no. He's like, the whole just point- survive? Yeah, it's basically, like, make sure your community survives and go through and clear out of the plague cards, which is a new mechanic for State of Decay 2, which are kind of like zombie nests that you go in and destroy. Oh. Um, and then, you know, you move on to the next and then you build a bigger and bigger community and make sure everyone's happy. So managing your community kind of feels a little bit like The Sims in a way where you like have people that are happy and then they get sad and then in order to make them happy again, you have to like give them what they want. 
Um, and so some people are like, oh, my morale is low because I want a garden in our base. And you're like, okay, well, I got to build a garden. Well, to build the garden, I have to go get the right resources. And then to get the right resources, I have to go on a scavenging hunt. And so when I go out scavenging, though, like I'm putting myself at risk to like have a zombie encounter, right? And so I went on a mission for one character and we were needing to go to this construction site to go pick something up. We needed materials and materials are one of the resources in the world because we needed to build something in order to build it. We needed the materials. So I go out there with her and I go on my own and I get out there. I pick up my rucksack and I'm like, cool, great. And I'm like scavenging through the other buildings on this site and I find more rucksacks. Can only hold one rucksack at a time. I was like, well, this is dumb. I have all these inventory what? slots. I have all these shoulders. I have two shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I should be able I to hold, hold at two least rucksacks. two rucksacks. Oh my God. Um, can't do it. So I took my one rucksack and I brought it to my truck because thankfully the developer was like, take the truck. It has more trunk space. And I was like, okay, you I'll can hold two rucksacks. <laughs> uh, you can actually hold uh, in the trunk, the, the trunk of the truck that I had. Trunk of the truck. Say that five times. Yep. Yeah. Trunk of the truck. Uh, trunk, trunk. Forest like floor, floor flavors. Floor flavors. Forest floors, uh, floors, watch floor our flavors. Patreon exclusive video. Patreon.com slash Ruska Games if you want to hear about forest floor flush, flavors. Flush floor flavors. flavors. And so I can actually hold um, eight additional things. What the fuck? In the trunk. Only eight? How big are these things? But that's what I'm saying. Eight is nothing. So I put one in and then I have to go back, grab the next one. Put it in. So I'm transferring oh. from my my person's inventory. No, this is why this is why I what got real noise mad. Is that that sounds poopy. Um, and so I'm transferring these things going through because in this construction site there's like six house like little mini houses that I'm like going through and clearing. And so like I've got like I'm going through one by one, taking out the individual zombies in each one, and picking up the resources. And I'm like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good about this like supplies run. I got my truck loaded up. I'm ready to drive back into town and like. I'm going to have all the materials to build all the stuff for all the unhappy people. And then I get to like the third, uh, to, uh, the third building and I come across, uh, I, I clear out the zombies and then I come across a, a locked like safe and I was like, Oh, well I can like open this and there's like a pick locking ability. And so you can pick the lock slow, which will make it open like silently or you can do it quickly, but it will make noise. And then the noise, of course, brings the zombies. But in my mind, I'm like, I just clearly wiped out all of these zombies. There's yeah. like dead zombies all around me. I'm like a badass zombie killer. So I'm like, I'm going to break the lock because I'm fucking bored and I want to get back to base and drop off this stuff. Oh, no. I break the lock and fucking 500 zombies like instantly appear out Wait, of fucking nowhere. Like actual 500? <laughs> oh, I'm exaggerating. It was more were like they, 10. Were they in the house? So they, you know, they were, but they like will come in the house. And so I'm like, oh shit, I got to bail out of here. So I find myself in this firefight and I'm overwhelmed. And there's one of the big zombies who is like really hard to take down. Who's like a bullet sponge. And so I'm like, shit. And so I die. I'm like, well, fuck that sucks. And that's when I got mad. Cause I'm like, I just spent all this time fucking hoarding these goddamn rucksacks into this stupid truck, and now I'm dead, because once you're dead, your character's gone. Yeah. It's like Sea of Thieves. <coughs> but the difference is, is no. that your loot will still exist in That's the game the world. Yeah, you can go back and get it, can't so you? So I was mad, and I was like, ready to throw the controller. I was like, this game is fucking bullshit! Why is my fucking backpack so small? <laughs> Why can I Why only carry can't one? I carry more than one? Yeah. Why can't I have five backpacks? This is bullshit. Um, so like, I have two shoulders and two hands. I, can I clearly, should be able to carry 
four backpacks. And one back. Five. That's five. (laughs) I was concerned. I heard Andrew make a very distressed noise. Something, you know, not pleasant. And then, yeah, she was very upset. And then, like, the PR person, like, skittered over. They're like, what, what's happening here? Because I will talk about it. Help you. Our game did crash a whole bunch. I'm thinking they're, they probably thought the game crashed again. But no, she was just raging. Rightfully yeah, so. so. I mean, to be fair, yeah. I mean, because, like, realistically, how loud could that lock have been? How loud? Like, unless I mean, you're using sure. dynamite. I mean, she something. was shooting zombies, Because the truck's right? going to make noise, too. Spoiler alert. What, are they going to just take the, all the zombies back to your base? Yeah, so I was a little upset with how sensitive the zombies are. That was. Especially after I just, like... Are the zombies really sensitive instead of the case? (laughs) Well... (laughs) Yes, they are. What if there's a nerd zombie and he's like, well, actually, guys... I think we should go to this lock noise because it's very loud and it's over there and I think we should kill this lady and make her real mad. I know we've like been like ignoring the gunshots and everything, but I feel like this is really our moment. <laughs> I feel like this is our time. Maybe she has some cool shit we could take. But I don't even Maybe care she has four shit. backpacks she can't carry. So I made it my fucking mission. I was like, I have to take a character before our single player play session is over. And I have to fucking get all those goddamn rucksacks that are sitting in that truck. <laughs> and then I couldn't find another fucking car because the cars are super scarce. scarce. So, so one of the things that they said that they changed was that they were like, oh, it felt too fast in the last game too easy to get around so they've made cars like super scarce in this game so you have like two cars outside your main base where do they go i don't know this is, is a great question doesn't everybody have a car at their house pretty much yeah is this like so this yeah, is like they should run out of gas but that's like the one thing that should uh, be like oh, no there should be all these scarce, cars they also run out of gas this and is you like just post- run out of fuel yeah it's post-apocalyptic like america right yes is it set in like a populated area or is it like like a not no, so populated it feels, area. It feels like a, if the, at least the setting that we were in felt like the Far Cry setting. Felt like like okay, uh, like any town USA in like Middle America. So then everyone should have a car, but then like where did all the cars go? Don't they got know. the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, the they cars by themselves. Zandies. Yeah, is this how cars starts? Yeah, is this the beginning no. of cars? Sars <laughs> no. cars. Zombies killed all the humans, and the cars went and lived happily ever after. The end. <laughs> They're like, yeah, they, they went off to some special mountain somewhere. Yeah. Where special car mountain. struck and turned the cars into live beings. And so, then the, and then they kill all the zombies. Yeah. So I eventually get back there after finding a car. And then I had to go find gas for the car. And I managed to get back there and get my things. And then our single player time was over. And then Britt and I got to play together, which was really the highlight of this was the co-op. Did she kill you too? <laughs> Kitty? No, did no, she get no. you killed? Did she get you? Like Andrew was saying, you have to be very calculated and slow, methodical when you play this. And I have no patience. This is why I play most shooters on easy. Why I play games like God of War on easy, Bayonetta on easy. Because I don't have the patience to try to like be sl- like good. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go explore. Well, this isn't like Andrew said. Like dying. This isn't like dying light. This isn't like um. God, what's that? What Dead other rising? Dead Rising. Dead Island? Dead Rising. Dead Rising? Dead Rising. Or Dead Island, yeah. They're all so dead. Many any of the things with dead Anything with dead in it. Where you just can go and you can take on an entire horde by yourself. Oh no, baby girl. You will die. And I died like five or six times to the point where my entire community was wiped out. And so it booted me to the, to the title page. And there's still like 30 minutes left in the single player demo. And I was like, whoops. I'm just going to start a new community and hope for the best. 
And I got in round two. Go. I got put in an area of the game that maybe I wasn't supposed to play because I was just like, I'm going to start playing again. Um, where this kind of bit me in the butt was when we were starting co-op and we started with Andrea's community, which is fine. But then the game crashed. It was a thriving, robust community because yeah. I went through all of that effort to get all of the materials. Nah. They had all eight rucksacks. All eight there rucksacks. Was like, rucksack in every home. community garden. Please come join us. So we were in her community, which was great and thriving. There were lots of people and it was doing wonderful. And then her game crashed and like, maybe we should try having you host it. Me and I'm like, I don't have a community. I should Everyone's not host it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was dead. But no, I agree. That was definitely the highlight of the demo was being able to play with you. The problem was with this was there was no voice chat. So it was Andrea and I who were sitting next what? to each other. And then there were two people like maybe five or ten feet away from us that we didn't realize were actually in our game until maybe like an hour in, maybe th- half an hour to an hour in. We um, started, yeah, we started yelling across the room. And yeah. I, I to, to be fair to people who are listening, we didn't get a definitive answer about whether there will be like proximity chat, uh, where, where people who are near you in the game world will be able to talk to you or, um, if there'll be in game party chat. But obviously if you make an Xbox party with your friends, you will be able to bring that party chat into the game, but we just didn't set that up at this particular demo. So don't, so take that with a grain of salt about us not being able to communicate with each other. That's so what I, I what I liked about it was because we weren't able to communicate with the other people. So it was mostly Andrew and I just talking. But so I was actually hosting for a little bit. I think they set me up with another like community somehow. I don't know how they did it. So I was in charge of making all the decisions and talking to the people, which was a big mistake because I didn't really know what I was doing because I just focused on killing all my community members from the get go. So I didn't know what oh I was God. actually supposed to do in this game until really? we started the co-op demo. But it was fun to sit with her and be like, all right, so there's this house over here. Let's go there. Let's scavenge that. Let's come back. Um, what I also enjoy is that the loot is uh, colored. So if you're Color-coded, with a team of four people, yeah. it's like I had all the yellow loot. Andrea had like the green loot. Someone had the blue loot and the red. So you don't have to fight over it. That was really nice for co-op. Wait, but wouldn't the color be... So the color is not rarity. No, no the, the color, color assigning is coded to, to you? your character. So like on the, oh, on the okay, mini okay. map, I was orange. And so I opened all the boxes that were highlighted orange. And if you were highlighted blue, like it's a randomly assigned color. It has nothing to do with rarity. Yeah. Got it. Um, but it was – so to back backtrack a little bit, I think going into this, I had different expectations. And I think this is something they might have problems with. My expectations for this game was – and this is – you know, again, this could be totally my fault because I'm an ignorant idiot and I didn't know what this game was all about. I thought maybe there was a story to it. Um, but I would argue most people don't know. They're just going to hear a state of decay and be like a zombie game. Sure. I should have done my research, admittedly, but I was just going off based off of the trailers that I saw, which make it seem like there is this story arc that's going to happen. But it turns out that's not really the case. So when I found out it's all about base building and community management and keeping everyone happy, something I love doing in real life. In a zombie apocalypse, I just want to, you know, figure out story shit. Kill that's stuff. what I love doing. You just want to um, fuck shit up. You just want to watch the world burn. You just want to watch the world burn. So once I kind of realized what we're supposed to do, once I started playing with Andrew, it started to kind of click. And I was like, all right, this is where it can be fun, where you can work with your teammate. Is there is there multiplayer tethering? Andrea, do you know? Can you straight? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so here's what happens with co-op and several other previews that came out this week also mentioned this. Uh, so if I'm the host of the game, 
Uh, Brittany dropping into my game can only stray a certain distance for me, which is kind of frustrating in a game like State of Decay where zombies can attack your base and you need to go back and like protect and defend your base or you have to level up all of the survivors in your base so that they can defend it on their own. It would be great if you had four people in your team. If two people could maybe stay and scavenge near the base to protect it in case there's a like a horde that comes along and then two people could go on a much longer trip out to like a specific destination can't do that once you get a certain distance away from the host it like uh warps you to where the host is which is pretty frustrating because i'm like ah that's i don't i don't really like that i want it to be more like more like Borderlands style, where you can kind of like just go wherever the fuck you want to go if you're in somebody's game. The part about co-op that I did really like is that if I'm in Brittany's game, I don't progress any of my story, any of my community. All of that stays siloed. So the only thing I do take is any resources that I earn, and then you also gain influence. So that is fun because that means I can kind of fuck around in her game. Obviously, like, I don't want to kill any of her survivors or anything. It's but, fine. Like, They're going to die anyway. Kill everyone. But, like, if I want to go, like, fuck around in a car or do this or do that or try to take on some zombies that I, like, the stakes are a little bit lower since there are no, there's no story crossover. Right. And so I think it's interesting that you bring that up because that's exactly how Far Cry 5 worked. But that was a little more annoying because there were, it was limited, some of the things you could do based off of co-op. So if you didn't progress in the story by yourself, you couldn't unlock certain perks. But I don't really see that being an issue in State of Decay 2, which is nice. Um, the I mean, I had a good time. I can see this being a lot of fun now that I know what the game is and, like, how you have to learn, like, where am I getting the fun? It's not like Dying Light where there's, like, a super in-depth story and you can separate from your partner and you can do things differently. This is – you have to work together and you just have to make – Bitches happy. That's basically what this whole thing is. People are going to get sad. You're going to see a lot of sad faces. They're going to want food. They're going to want a garden. And you have to drop everything and make them happy. Shooting range. Have, they, they are demanding they whiny are ass bitches. It's the zombie apocalypse. Can, Beggars can't be choosers. Right? But you would I think. want that to be the tagline now, Brittany. <laughs> what? Gotta make bitches that, happy. Um, gotta make bitches happy. <laughs> um, so I don't want to make it seem like I didn't have a good time because I did. A concern of mine. But did though, you only have a good time during co-op? Yeah, yeah, so and that's the player. only. Maybe that's why I didn't play the original Save Decay. It's because it was single player. Maybe that's why it came into my mind for half a hot second and then it's gone. The concern I have is this game is out in like what two to three weeks, and yeah, it pretty soon was not the most polished experience. I've, mm, uh, that's very kind of you. Yeah. It was janky. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. It was. It crashed three times in our three hour demo. Oh. And like that to me is really bad considering how late it is. And I talked about this in the games daily and some of the people in the comments in the video were like, well, maybe they gave you an old build. And I would say, why on earth would you show media an old build for a game that was about to launch? Yeah. And like, we kind of like made jokes about it on site and we're like, oh, ha, ha, the game crashed again, you guys. But like, it shouldn't crash that much. We expect games to crash periodically, even at launch. Like, yeah. It just, like, it fucking happens. It's part of, like, enjoying software. Like, software just inherently is going to have, like, little hiccups from time to time. But, like, that was a lot of crashes for such a short play session. And on top of that, there were a lot of bugs in the game. Uh, textures popping in and out. There were rubber banding. There were... Clipping. Um, clipping. Uh, like, just, like, 
There was a lot of things that were still very buggy in the build that we played. And as a caveat, obviously this was not final code, but it was concerning. And I'm saying it was concerning because we are so close to launch that I'm like, and the first state of decay had notorious bug problems. And so like the idea that like they've maybe made progress, but didn't fix it all. is kind of like, well, I don't know, guys. This is supposed to be like your tentpole second, you know, first party release for the year, you know, after Sea of Thieves and Sea of Thieves, you know, got a lot of flack after its launch. Not to say that there's not plenty of people still enjoying the game and that they've made substantial improvements since launch. Of course, this piece isn't about Sea of Thieves, but it's like I was really hoping Xbox to come out the gate and like knock this one out of the park. And I'm like, I have some hesitations based off what I saw. And that's disappointing because I wanted to walk away from this demo being like, even if the gameplay mechanics didn't quite fit my personal play style, I could say it ran smooth, it looked great, we had fun, everything worked, but it didn't, you know? And like, I want to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it'll be fun in co-op. Um, is this game $30? dollars Twenty nine ninety nine. There is a special edition that is forty nine ninety nine that includes the DLC that's to come that they haven't dated yet and some extra items. There are a bunch of different pre order incentives from different retailers, so you'll get different like uh, cosmetic items. You'll get different weapons and things like that that are inside the game. So you can get all of that web uh, info at the State of Decay website. I think I believe it's just stateofdecay.com, where you can also sign up for the technical test if you guys want to try this out or um, apply to try it out before the game launches and of course as part of Xbox Game Pass so if you'd like to try it out for just $9.99 I believe for one month uh, for the month of May you can also do so that way as well yeah it sounds like if you like State of Decay 1 you're going to love State of Decay 2 if you yep. have never played State of Decay before just know what you're playing before you hop in it yeah it's more of a strategy game than a combat game um, it's more of like a, like a resource collecting base building mm-hmm. game than like, I'm going to go fight stuff all the time. And I think the reason I'm also a little hesitant is because I didn't know anything about this before I dove in, in terms of like, how does it play it? All the things you have to manage. And again, that's partially on me. I should have done my research, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was a good time. <laughs> I'll just say that again. It was, it was a good time and we'll see what, where it goes from there. I don't know. I'm trying to be right. nice. He, I love, I love that. It, listen, we're not trying to be mean. We're just giving our impressions from a preview event, right? And I think it would Again. have been a lot smoother if I hadn't just been thrown in the middle of everything and I would have known what to do. But instead, what happened is I spent a lot of the time of the demo trying to figure out what it was I was supposed to be doing. They did admit. Well, you're not supposed to die. Right. Well, they much. did no. admit that they didn't give us any tutorials for any of the systems that were hmm. happening. They kind of dropped us like right. midway. And I was like, well, that's why I asked the developer to come over and sit with me and explain everything. And it took him like a solid 20 to 30 minutes to like run me through all of the systems that were happening. So the game does have some onboarding. They just, we just didn't get to see because they wanted to show us some higher level play. And this is sometimes the drawback of doing some of these, you know, press demos is that we don't get to have the experience that you guys as the consumers are going to have. We get to, you know, (laughs) 
get dropped in and get our ass kicked by the by the game because we're like, well, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, and it could totally happen that, you know, I get to start this game from the beginning. I get to take my sweet time. But I don't feel rushed. And it might be <clears> one of my favorite games I've ever played. Probably an exaggeration. But I could turn out it could turn out that I really like this game. But it was just, you know, they start you in the and you have to there's a lot of mechanics there. And if you've never played a game before, you're like, what the hell is all this? So I just killed my entire community. Lesson learned, Britt. Lesson learned. Um, Girl. Is there any other games that you ladies would like to talk about before we end this segment? Don't play the Harry Potter mobile game. Oh, yeah. It's not great. Give well, it a- can, let's not waste any time talking about how shitty it is. Then, no, yeah? no, let's yeah. not. Just, just give it maybe a few weeks. Maybe we'll get their act together and figure out that it's such an obvious money grab that it's like the epitome of what you don't want your mobile game to be. That's a bummer. Bummer town. All right. We are going to take a short break. And then when we come back, it's going to be the Alexa Ray Q&A. Hey, that rhymes. Alexa Ray Q&A. I love it. We have tons of questions from you guys that you just sent in. um, And she's going to answer them to the best of her ability. So take a bathroom break. Go grab a drink. Can I get a bathroom break? Yeah. (laughs) We'll be right back. Oh, my God. everybody it's the third segment and we realized during the break that it's Steimer's birthday this weekend happy birthday Steimer happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday you're having a birthday you made it I you am did not die birthday. I'm excited you're doing a lot of karaoke I mean, yeah yeah I I'm basically stealing Mia's birthday party plan like I went to Mia's birthday earlier this year and I was like, this is pretty much exactly what I want to do. So I'm just going to do it. Smart. <laughs> Steal someone else's <laughs> birthday template. Andrea and, and then, Alexa are eating snacks. So they seem a little bit Brittany, when, Brittany, when's yours again? The 21st. Yours is Brittany. So then it's Alexa's. Brittany and, and I are like six it's... hours apart. Didn't we figure this out? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Because you were born in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I was born in like the early hours of like the 1 a.m. ish on the 22nd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was born at 6.30. I don't know how I still yeah. remember that. but Yep, you're like six, seven hours older than me. I was born at 11.35 a.m. Morning baby. I was also a morning baby, but I was a plant C-section, so. There you go. Well, there you go. The more you know. I'm still annoyed that because I was a plant C-section that my mom did not pick the birthday 5585. Come on. Five five eighty five. That would yeah, have right? been a mil- like amazing, but apparently five five eighty five was a month. No, a Sunday, and she didn't want to do it on a Sunday because less doctors, like whatever, like think less staff at the hospital. So she did it on the Monday. She had your best interest well, at heart. But the birthday would have been cooler. God, mom, you ruined everything. <laughs> oh. There are things in time where we just have to let go. I was early. I couldn't fucking wait. <laughs> My mom was like, You're like, I'm here, mom. My mom was in bed reading. I love this story. My mom was in bed reading and my dad was playing a gig. My dad is a, was, is, was a musician. So he's playing his gig and my mom is in bed reading and her water breaks and she's just like, Oh, I think it's time to go to the hospital. And she very call, like calmly called my father 
And well, she called her parents because they lived in an adjacent town and was like, Ray, is it a gig? Could you please come pick me up and bring me to the hospital? I am birthing. I am so, birthing. <laughs> so my, my mother's parents came and picked her up. She called my father and was like, my parents bring me to the hospital. And my dad like jumped up in the middle. Like he got the call and was like, I have to leave everybody. My first child is being born. So he like ran out of his gig. So they were drummerless for the rest of the evening. I don't know how they handled that. Ooh, I, I yeah. So. The drummer is like the yeah. lifeblood. I know. Band. I know. So he met my mom at the hospital as they got there. She like went into the delivery room and then I just like dodge rolled out. Dodge rolls. You did barrel. She said I was That's like, cool. I was like a super easy birth. I came out like giggling or something and like that was it. So Hello, surprising. World. I'm here. The story of my birth on the eve of my, I don't want to, my de- fine. departure. You know. what anyway yeah baby born welcome to the third segment of what's good games <laughs> we've all had some alcohol where we talk about things like being birthed um yep. and this week wah, wah, wah. oh it's not a wah wah hold on let me no, get like a it's exciting yeah bring up some like eye of the tiger shit oh yeah that'd be good whatever no. whatever you have i believe in you this is what I was listening to in the car on the way over when I was thinking about this. This is the opening to episode Ignis. Oh, oh god damn it. Of course it's some kind of like, It's like a beginning it, and an ending, but there's like no. a future and hope and bonds are never broken and all that bullshit. I like, I like to think about the alternate ending in episode Ignis, Alexa. That's how I'll think of it because it's a really, really sad emotional episode. Ignis's. When I played, I went back in to play Royal Edition. Obviously, I haven't played any this week because I'm spinning in circles, getting ready for a new gig. Um, but every time I pick it up, I think of you. Uh, I'm just laughing because Andrea's just shoving these veggie things in her mouth. And you guys are having, We're having a moment. We're having a moment. She's like, oh, no. And Andrea looks like a gopher with all these veggie straws in her mouth. Do it again. Do it again. I haven't had any carbs yet today, and I'm fucking starving. So now my E3 diet trying to trim down. It's just a funny visual. That's all. Join me. Let's say with you, Biffa girl. Every time a new episode comes out, I'll call you. you talk about emotional Final Fantasy music, I just can't relate. I'm sorry that I related more to Veggie Straws. It's fine. Don't hate me. What would be a music that would like... Okay. What, oh, I got one. Do you listen to video game music? Like of just course. as it's on? what what to you is like your let me what pull, is your fave fave? Let me pull something. Alexa, up you'll appreciate it. In true this. Alexa fashion, I'm derailing my own segment. Let's do it. Alexa, you know this, right? What the hell is this? Wait, hold it really close up to your microphone and turn the volume up. It's choose Mark. Yes! It's Quina's theme. Yeah. Quina's theme. Quina is like our spirit animal. I don't believe in us. Okay. Final Fantasy IX. It's fine. You won't understand. Quina, sure. my favorite quote. There are only two things in this world. Things you can eat and things you know no can, can eat. eat. It's a great quote. That's entirely true. It is. <laughs> oh, this is the Mass Effect, like the... Or, I do what I want, you have problem. That's another good one. Okay, I do like this character now, just from those two quotes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is this on your workout playlist? Tell me it is. Oh, my God, it'd be such a good workout song, too. For real. I mean... Yeah. What is this? It's from Mass Effect 2. The suicide I mission score. Well. Uh, uh. Maybe this is better. Put it on your workout playlist. We need to do the sad piano. I feel like we should be playing uh, this, the suicide mission for this. It's not. That is a suicide mission score. 
No, I said we should no, she not. Said we should not be. Oh. oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, how about we get back to the? We got distracted. How about your workout yeah, playlist? This My workout let's, playlist let's is all this cat back to its pen. It's all it's <laughs> all fucking cats. No, cats aren't in pens. Okay, they listen, ladies be. and gentlemen, boys and girls. Oh, jeez, you sent in us questions, and I want to say a giant shout out and thank you. To the dozens and dozens of you that sent us everything. Normally when oh you guys God. send us emails, it's our goal to always respond to everybody. But I just could not respond to all of the people who sent in. So we're going to do our best to try to get to Holy as many fuck, questions guys. as possible. I'm not that, that people cool. people wrote in I'm not that for cool. Miss Alexa Ray. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm not that cool. One of the first ones from it. Oh Madam. Ugh. Can you please school Brittany on how to pronounce this Pokemon? Oh, it's Lapras, isn't it? Lapras. Yes, it is. Lapras. It was a thing you- when I was a young child. I said Lapras because I thought I was fucking fancy, okay? And like it's embedded. La-cra? Lapras. Like Lacroix, but Lapras. 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 What you just said. Lapras. Lapras. Lap. Lapras. I know it's Lapras now. I have been told. Lapras. Yeah, the real question, though, is what are your thoughts on the new Pokemon Switch game? What do you and what what do you want? What don't you want? Okay, my (laughs) mouth's full of veggie straws now, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. She's following. Hold on. All right. That Pokemon RPG, that Pokemon game, whatever it is, better have some sort of freaking Pokemon Snap element. Because now that the Switch is portable and you can get on Wi-Fi, that thing was absolutely made for carrying around and playing freaking Pokemon Snap. Yeah, we have Pokemon Go, but it's not the same thing. But where's my Pokemon Snap? That's what I want. That's all I care about. I just want to – I don't want to catch Pokemon. I just want to take pictures of them doing dumb things in the (laughs) wild. That's a nice – yeah, no, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's all I want. I feel like capturing them and and making them battle is not nice. Brittany, you've – But I'll do it for the lulls. Yeah. We're all going to play it. We're all going to fucking be running around with our little oh, yeah. switches playing Pokemon Snap. Brittany, I know you've been you've played every generation. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What is the thing that has to change or evolve for you to get you to be like, this is the most amazing Pokemon ever? They you're need more of an expert. to get rid of the top-down view and turn it into like a Breath of the Wild-esque open world where they have all the different environments, the volcano, the desert, the water, the snow... And incorporate the original Kanto region Pokemon, but also sprinkle in some new stuff. But I would love if the original 150 were in there. It's like what I really want. They need to like really like deep dive. Give me side quests. I actually want some real time battles. I want Pokemon to spawn in the wild. I want to get rid of the tall grass bullshit. But this is your segment, not mine, Alexa Ray. No, 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 no. Like this is like this is a good talk. I just don't want like my fear. My greatest fear for this new Pokemon game is that. They run out of ideas for Pokemon, and we're gonna get a bunch of like half-assed. The five-hour energy uh, Pokemon. Just, do you mean like that? Just now they run out of ideas because I'm pretty sure they ran out of ideas. I don't already. know. I really want to meet the guy who like who's like, or like the intern whose job it is to like come up with the Pokemon ideas and be like, it's no. a pig on a spring, it's a key ring, lost in your purse, it's a. They're gonna make a veggie trash. straw Pokemon. No, what would it be called? Veggie straws. That's what I said a few episodes ago. I was like, Yo, bros, you know how many more inanimate objects can you turn into Pokemon? You got oh, it'd be a- called Carbador. You, you could do all sorts of weird oh, Carbador. <laughs> Literal garbage. Carbador. A Pokemon. And you're saying well, that's Maddie. Sent us that amazing Sandcastle's mock-up of like the five-hour Enya. The mm-hmm. five-hour Enya or whatever. Like the, I don't know what that? the fuck I said. I did, I did see that. That's Anarchia. really cool. 
That's, That's really, really cool. Good. <laughs> so Alexa, hello. Timu wants to know, what's your opinion on Fire Emblem Warriors? I think you never talked about it on the show because it was probably left in the shade of the horny casino, aka Fire Emblem Heroes. It was left in the shade of the horny casino. Fire Emblem Warriors is a Dynasty Warriors clone. And if you've never played Dynasty oh, Warriors, they're literally okay. all the same game. It's a it's a Muso game where you're on a map and you have to you have to basically just destroy hordes of rando enemies in order to capture bases. And then you capture a certain number of bases, a boss appears, you go beat the boss and you're done. So Fire Emblem Warriors is a Muso game and like they created new characters for it and like mashed all of the heroes together from other Fire Emblem games in this weird way that's like, oh, the lines between our worlds was blurred and we ended up here, which is very similar to the idea of like heroes from different worlds coming together that they use for Fire Emblem Heroes. I actually like Fire Emblem Heroes way better. I think Warriors was like a cool piece of fan service, but it's not something that I've gone back to. Um, Warriors, they just added like a musical tap battle and then like an asynchronous multiplayer grand conquest thing where you can actually like form brigades and go up against other players' teams, which is really cool. So like, I'm going to stick with my horny casino. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Um, Carl wants to know, do you have any ideas or plans in the future for writing another book? Love your writing style in Kingdom Hearts 2 book was an excellent read. Kind regards. Thank you. Uh, the answer is yes, but I literally can't say anything about it right now. There we oh. go. But yeah, Top secret. But yeah, you you bet. <laughs> you bet. You bet you your bet. butt. It probably won't be. It probably won't be another piece of criticism though. But there's some stuff in the works. Javier Bone Ruiz says, Ooh. it hurts so much that you're leaving the show. And even though we don't know what your next step is, I'm excited for you and your future endeavors. What advice do you have for someone wanting to start a video game podcast? Thanks for all of your crazy Mario dead corpse happy <laughs> theories. <laughs> just do it. Like, I think Andrea is the better person to ask for this question. Cause I remember you were just like, I want to do something. Let's just do something. And then we all like came into town when we get and got super drunk and came up with all this stuff. None of which stuck. The, the the what's good the what's good that we came up with at the at the our our offsite our on-site summit or whatever we call it WGG con is what we call WGG con that we had that first weekend is nothing like what it is now it's like way better and there's like a lot of really cool stuff but just do it and then workshop it yes you only have one you only have one life you only get one shot at this shit so you should just go for it go for it so. This next question comes from Sarah. She says, Alexa, I really don't want to word vomit about how sad I am to see you go, but how happy I am that you've got a new adventure coming. Because of you, I use the threat of, I will backflip off the earth on a weekly, if not daily basis. (laughs) I have missed you in your time off and will continue to miss you moving forward. Something that I suspected due to your not today Satan outcry on PUBG, your drag race fam. I'm yes. counting on other WGG years to make with the goods on gaming questions, but I need to know your favorite queens on Drag Race, your favorite season, who's winning season 10, and have you seen Dragula yet? Um, uh, my favorite season, I think, is season eight. Uh, my two favorite queens are Katya and Trixie Mattel. So we're talking about RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race, which uh, is a television yes. show for people who are like a little bit lost. Yes. I love, I love Katya. Katya is my absolute favorite. And I actually, I'll talk about Katya in a minute. 
Um, but I love Trixie Mattel, Bob the Drag Queen. I'm actually seeing Bob and Trixie in the next month here in San Francisco. Um, but my season 10, the person I am rooting for is Ms. Cracker. She's phenomenal. She's just totally crazy. If you haven't seen anything else she's done, go to YouTube and type in Ms. Cracker. Like Ms. Uh, like M M M I M I Z M I Z Cracker. Okay. Her name used to be Brianna Cracker. Like her real like name Brie was Cracker. Anna Cracker. No, this is her drag name. Oh, the name she chose. A Cracker. <laughs> like yeah, Brianna Cracker, and then she changed it to Ms. Cracker. Um, that took me too long to get. But go, yeah, to, go to YouTube and type in Ms. Cracker. Got a feeling remix, and she remixes it with like um, she remixes the song "Got a Feeling" with one of Oprah's Weight Watchers commercials about bread, and it's actually really funny. Um, Katya is my favorite drag queen because Katya actually I didn't plan this. Uh, she took a break from drag around the same time I took a break from life earlier this year, citing like anxiety problems. And I mean, she went back to rehab, but like just being like, I need a break. I need to set myself straight. And then came back like a couple weeks before I did being like sharing her story and saying, you know, like I had to get this done. Like I was, you know, kind of a mess. And I looked in the mirror one morning and I was like, I have to take care of myself. I have to do this first. And her being open, just completely open about everything that she went through inspired me to also be open. Um, which is why uh, if you listen to last week's show, I told my story of what went on here, but yeah, uh, gotcha. Drag Queens. I love it. I fucking love RuPaul's drag race. It's like this goodness and light that we don't deserve. It's so great. The next question was unattributed. They just sent it in. It says, I think it was you and Steimer who talked about theater at some point. What are your top three musicals? Was it us? Probably. It might have been me. I, like, I, I also, also like musical theater. Stime, you did mu- musical theater, yeah? I did regular theater, but yes. I mean, like, we didn't do a musical at the, during my time. But I, I have gone to several musicals. You enjoy musical theater. Yeah. I do enjoy musical theater. So, Alexa, do you have a top three? Uh... Not to like put you on the spot. No, no, like. no. I, so I've seen Phantom of the Opera like three times. I love Phantom of the oh Opera. Oh my God, Phantom of the Opera. It's so good. Classic. The poor Phantom is just so misunderstood and wants love. <laughs> no. So that's when I grew up. I was like, oh my God, Christine's such a bitch. Like I would totally be into the Phantom. He clearly loves her so oh much Oh my God. More. You like, sound like everyone else. My, and, yeah. And like, now as an adult, I'm like, oh my God. He's creepy AF. <laughs> He's really creepy. I read the book. I I read the book it's based on. Super manipulative. So I'm a little disturbed that like teenage me thought that that was a really great relationship that never came to be. Do you know that they made a, someone wrote a sequel for it and the premise of the sequel. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew. Wow. I can't even. Wow. He wrote it. Wine. He wrote it. (laughs) He wrote it. But it's like Meg that like the dancer girl is now like a, like a stripper on like, they're like on a boardwalk or something. And then like, uh, Christine and Raul, their marriage is falling apart and they have a child that she reveals is actually the Phantom's child. I don't know what's going on here. I didn't write this shit. <laughs> I didn't um, see that music. Uh, that that was actually playing here in LA. And I thought about seeing spoilers. it. Part of me was like, I feel like it might ruin the childhood. Yeah. Like, cause like, I remember I, we would blast that soundtrack at like full volume at the, in the speakers surrounding the house and just run around singing fan of the opera all day um but yeah i love fan of the opera i love um it's kind of a new one the uh, monty python and the holy grail which i got to see on broadway with tim curry um when it was going around that's a really great musical 
And then my absolute favorite musical is actually one I've been in. Uh, my favorite musical ever is Into the Woods by Stephen <gasps> Sondheim. Ooh, I was in Into pick. the Woods. Who were you? Were you the baker's wife? I was the giant. Okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. It was, it was stupid because, um, so as you know, Into the Woods only has like a couple of like lead female parts. Yes, like, I do know. It was a bloodbath auditioning for that and so i um they gave me the role of the giant but then i was like a background like dancer person or whatever in several other scenes because like but listen when you grow up in fargo north dakota <laughs> which by the way i think i'm gonna organize a meetup in fargo do keep, it keep eyes on my twitter for tomorrow if you're do listening it, do to it. this on friday do it do it do it the North Dakota, Minnesota, North South Dakota area or Winnipeg. You want to drive down from Canada? Um, anyway, that's a side note at Andrea Renee on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I was that role because there were so few roles like that were available. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. Who do you think I was? The witch. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was the witch. <laughs> it was this like, it was this absolute bloodbath auditioning for this because every girl wanted to either be the baker's wife or the witch because they were the two they were biggest like the only female two roles. roles. Yeah. Right. But the thing about the witch is like she spends the entire first half being like weird and strange and she has that rap in the beginning where she's rapping about her baker's rampy and rampy. Yeah, she's doing her like rap and then she like seizures out and all this shit. <laughs> Bernadette Peters. <laughs> and all the girls like so they had they they pared down everyone who they wanted in the they wanted in the show and then they had an open callback where all of us had to sit and watch each other's callbacks and the directors literally would pull us up and be like okay do this and so all the girls were getting up and like doing this like weird little thing and I'm like I'm fucking weird I can nail this and I just got up there and like I guess like did it but that show was just so great and like I did so You got it. I got it. So I was the witch and like I had this crazy, they decided to give me this Bernadette Peters wig hair that like magically somehow stayed on. She played it on Broadway. Yes, she originated the role. Meryl Streep who played her in the movie. In the movie, no. Bernadette Peters originated it on Broadway. And like, I had these like beautiful little, like after I was, you know, I was, I was ugly and I had these like prosthetics all glued to my face and in between, I'll never forget, there's a song at the end of the first act where I drink of, the witch drinks a potion and then and then like flips off her cape and she's this beautiful, gorgeous woman now. So I had that whole costume on. Like I had to come off stage with my prosthetics and three girls had to rip off my prosthetics, get me out of my witch clothes, get me into sexy dress, into another cape with like hair in it that like and a tearaway prosthetics that like hid my face. So when I went back on stage, I was in this like shambling, like half put together costume that I had to like hold together from the inside to make sure nobody saw all the fucking sparkles underneath. And it was just like, so like that whole transformation is like my favorite thing to this date. Cause I remember the first time, the first show I ripped it off and I turned around and the audience went <gasps> and I heard this like crazy, crazy gasp. It was really, really awesome. I haven't really like, I used to sing a lot more back then and like, I used to have like a lot, like a more of a stronger voice because I used to like sing more and do more theater. But after I did Into the Woods, I was kind of like, you know what? If I never do theater again, I think I'm okay with this. And I went on to do like Shakespearean theater, but I've never done a musical since then. I've thought about it. There are some theater troops out here, but like, I don't have time. <laughs> it's a lot. And that's ultimately why I stopped doing theater too, is because I, I moved to LA and then I auditioned for a couple of plays. But then I was like, I looked at the rehearsal schedule and I was like, someone who was doing auditions during the day and bartending at night, I was like, this, listen, this rehearsal schedule is really cramping my bartending hours. Yeah. I have rent to pay. 
And and so I ended up just like dropping out of like improv and musical theater altogether and just focusing solely on on camera stuff. I never really wanted to act on camera. I know that a lot of a lot of people who host also act and I ne- that was never a goal mm-hmm. of mine. I do it from time to time if someone asked me to be in like a sketch or something, like something fun and short, but like yeah, yeah, fucking musical theater, man. So I love it. I have not I seen any of transformation story. I need to see them. Sorry, ahead, no, I'm saying I've never seen any of those musicals. So clearly, I need to be schooled on the way of the musicals. Oh, uh, we will Into school the Woods you. Is great. It's like it's all the fairy tales get all fucked up, and like it's got some really powerful lessons to it. Um, I I I don't know. Like that musical definitely like it came at a time in my life when I was like becoming an adult. So it kind of like changed me into what i would become but like yeah. i'm trying to i'm trying i'm talking with like three friends and someone one of us needs to pull the trigger we're trying to go to new york to see frozen on broadway so if oh anyone has God. any ticket hookups please tweet at me because those tickets are fucking expensive I still haven't seen hamilton someday i haven't seen hamilton either i would love to see I hamilton. hamilton oh john got to see it with the original cast and i'm so jealous let's cast, go let's but go he hamilton. went by himself Just happy let's go yeah. Let's just go find it. Let's do it. That's the trick. It's like, you gotta go alone. Like, I also <laughs> bought one ticket and it was way easier than trying to buy any more than that. Yep. So just go to the theater by yourself. You'll make friends. I guarantee it. That's like true. I did. I was like chatting with people next to me. It was great. All right. Moving on. We got lots to get through. All here. right. Here we go. Sorry. Mitch says, thanks for all the time and laughs you have given. I can't wait to see where you end up. You are one of a kind and truly awesome. Word. Wait, that's not a question. This it's is not. Serious. It's just a it's No, just there's a, a couple that aren't questions uh, that are just nice things. Devin wrote in and said, What's good, ladies? I'm an avid listener of the What's Good Games podcast and really enjoy listening to all the news, rambling discussions that take place throughout my time with you guys while I'm working. Listening to Alexa talk about her anxiety and the issues she's been struggling with lately really hit home with me. And I wanted to share something to once more reassure her. She's not alone and how lucky she is to have you ladies as friends. I'm a bail enforcement agent and a private investigator in blah, blah, blah. And I suffer from not only severe generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and also uh, PTSD. It gets really in the way of not only my career sometimes, but just living life. And it's always awesome to hear someone speak up about their issues and let me know that I'm not alone with these struggles. My medical disorders really make my life hell sometimes. And I'm really glad that as Alexa is able to step forward and speak up about hers and reassure all others out there who may not be able to handle them as well as she is now. So I just thought I'd write in, say hello, and tell her thank you. for Make being me cry. No, it's okay. <laughs> thank you for being so brave on the show. And we can't forget... Thanking the rest of you for giving myself and a ton of other fans the awesome content that you do every week. I don't mind if you use my email on the show if you want to. <laughs> Thanks again, ladies. Devin. Uh, someone Devin! cutting onions. <laughs> someone cutting onions up in this bitch. Oh my god, yes. thank you. I just like I'm just <laughs> I just knew like the thing that I never hear that I've never heard anyone in my life ever talk to me about panic disorder. I have friends that have anxiety problems. I have friends that have dealt with depressions and when I when the doctor looked at me and was like, we think you have panic disorder. I was like, ah! and of course I panicked, but like, <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is panic disorder? But like, I've it never, it reminds me of like in Hercules panic, yes! the little guy. That's how I felt. They were like, we think you have panic disorder. And I'm like, I literally like rich back and they were like, no, no, no. Like, hold on. Like we got it. Whatever. But I've never heard No one ever talked to me about this. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know whatever. And like, dealing with it and just like, I don't know. I was like, am I crazy? Is this like the level five of 
awful and everyone else is can like deal with it and i have this like crazy weird thing but no like girl like i i, I totally feel you about it like making your life hell and stuff but remember what i said last week um really there is a way whether you find it now or you find it later or you find it without realizing it you can turn that sort of vulnerability and that kind of um just that kind of i guess presence in your life into a strength or into a motivating force um so I know you can do it because I'm a total basket case. And if I can do it, then I'm pretty sure anybody else can. <laughs> Word to your mother. <laughs> uh, this next one. Hello. Hi. Dylan from Ohio here. Mine really isn't a question more than just a statement. After hearing your story hit home for me, my fiance is going through a very rough time mentally. She got out of an abusive relationship and a whole bunch of other stuff and is fighting depression, anxiety, and PTSD, and along with other things right now, while also being a great mother of two boys. I work full-time, go to school full-time, and help her and support her as much as I can through this time. It is a long road to get better, but hearing someone else doing just that gives me more proof and happiness that I know she can get back on her feet. Yes. Some days are super stressful, but it's this podcast and other things that help me support, be the support and rock she needs to be. So thank you, Alexa, for sharing your story. And thank you for having an amazing podcast that keeps me going and the last flying. Keep it up and congratulations on everything. Thank you. Uh, the next. I'm gonna start. This is a good cry. No, no, no. These are all sentiments. There are more questions. Quick, I'm gonna stick a uh, bunch of straws uh, in my mouth. Eat veggie straws. Uh, <laughs> Mark Patty says, "What's good, y'all? I don't have a question. This doesn't <laughs> even need to be read publicly, but uh oh, we're reading it publicly. Uh, Just want to thank Alexa for her story. As someone who has had." just had a child and is struggling with the pressures of work and dealing with my father losing a battle with cancer and a one-year-old that just doesn't sleep. It's reassuring to hear Alexa's story and how she's dealing with it. You're a strong lady, Alexa. I really admire how you have dealt with the situation. It gives me hope that there may be a brighter day soon, even in the face of my father's pending death. Oh, jeez. There's always a brighter day. The What's Good Games fans are also with you. Join the fan page. We're here to support you. Hi, Alexa, and other peoples at What's Good. I love the first ten Final Fantasy games. The last five have been so different from what I once enjoyed that I have to ask, how do you adapt so well to each new game in the series? Also, as a semi-quick follow-up, would you rather see them try and iterate on older ideas that made Final Fantasy what it was, or would you rather see them continue to go off in new, perhaps more Western-inspired directions? Also, any advice you have for a fan that still wants to love this series but misses its roots would be appreciated. Thanks, and good luck. I hope to hear you again on What's Good Game soon. All the best, Adam in Chicago. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, uh, 10 is one of my favorites and definitely went down. Um, I haven't really adapted. If you heard me talk about Final Fantasy XII, I have not adapted at all. I thought twelve was garbage. Um, and 13 was fine. Ish. 12 is my sister's favorite. Oh, no. If 12 is your favorite Final Fantasy, just get uh, out of here. What? Why? I'm sorry. I know she's your sister because 12 is like 12 Star is... Wars with chocobos. Like, it's not, it's yeah. not like 12. It, maybe that's why she likes it. Uh, maybe. 12, here's the thing. I, I have a theory that the reason that so many people who aren't into hardcore JRPGs and who aren't hardcore into the Final Fantasy series love 12 is because it's a simple story rehashed with a bunch of pretty shit in it. Like it is, it is the lowest common denominator that you can hit to get some mainstream people to play this gobbledygook fantasy game. 
That's okay. not an insult. I'm just going to say, it's like, a decision. JRPGs get crazy town USA. They do. Like, but, but that doesn't mean it's a good story. That's all I'm 12 is not crazy town at all, which I think is no, why I know, it's not. But that's not, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing if the story is simple. I haven't played this game, right. so I'm just I, talking out my ass. I hated but. it because it was one Star Wars and two, um, the Gambit system really bothered me. So... As someone who, who like, you know, grew up with the older ones, really loves the older ones, six is one of my favorites, ten is one of my favorites, I feel like the messages and the endings uh, that came out of those previous ones were a lot better. I feel like the new ones have gotten darker. The whole, like, the world is ending and you are now basically the goddess of death with lightning, the lightning saga and the way that, you know, 15 was sort of like a, it's been two years, I'm sorry, guys. It's like a futile march to an ending that you know you can't. Uh, you can't escape to save the world. Like the world gets screwed up anyway. You just have to try and make it as unscrewed up as you can, which is a really great metaphor for life anyway. Um, I really like that they're sort of making it Western-y, that they're sort of making it modern-y. I like the idea that there were cell phones, except for some reason there were only cell phones in one country in Final Fantasy XV and the neighboring country didn't have the technology to have the cell phones, <laughs> which was the explanation as to why Noctis and Luna couldn't talk on a cell phone. Kill me. Anyway. <laughs> You're not uh, wrong. Uh, um, my, my, it's, that would be roaming and there would be a very big data charge. Yeah. So I don't think it would work out. Yep. They don't have Verizon in a, in fucking Niflheim. So no cell phones. Oh well. Um, Niflheim. Niflheim. Fuck that, fuck that place. Yeah. That place fucking sucks. Oh, we'll yeah. talk so about does, that some other time. But, uh, but, um, I know hang in there. It sounds like they, it sounds like Squire is really committed to, Making, 20 more years of Final Fantasy 15. I know. Yeah. 20 more years of Final Fantasy 15, but they really want to make, they want to make stories that have global appeal that basically offer some sort of big, crazy playground for you to discover new things in and play in. And while Final Fantasy 15 was not perfect, I think we can all agree that it was a good step in that direction. I feel like 15 is a good entry point for people that have never played a Final Fantasy game. If you're willing to dig into that kind of crazy mishmash, um, but, I think I think they're going in the right direction. I feel like a game that built on the principles of like Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy IX, even X, probably wouldn't fly as well today as they did back then, I guess, because tastes are different. The audience is different. What we're looking for is different. And technology is different. Like they can take some of those concepts and like, you know, multiply them tenfold and make them something completely completely unrecognizable but something that resonates a little bit more like our world is changing and the stories that they write are changing as well so i'm gonna stick with it because i can't get off the train at this point uh so if you like me are stuck on this train i would say if you're really feeling the crunch maybe put 15 down and just go back and play like six or something palette cleanser nine 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 I still have Andrea's unfinished nine I, save on my PlayStation. Oh, sorry. That's a critical role thing. It's true. <clears throat> um, hey, Team WGG. Here's my super nerdy question for Alexa on her last episode. Oh, no. I'd love to pick up where you left off on the Shakespearean parallels you talked about with Life is Strange Before the Storm. Now that we've all theoretically finished both games, do you still think Rachel is the storm, a.k.a. Tempest in Life is Strange? What did you think of the scene from the Tempest itself? And or do you have any other nerdy for narrative thoughts and noted literary allusions on the two games in general now? Love the show and wish Alexa all the best on her exciting, exciting new venture. Power on, ladies. Cheers. Kira? Kira. Yeah, Kira. Kira. 
So, um, so just, a, weird... just a little warning. If you have not caught up on all of our spoiler casts, hopefully you have. Alexa Ray unfortunately missed the final farewell episode spoiler cast. But I did play farewell. Yes. Yes. Um, but I don't think, are you able to talk about this without spoilers? No. No. So I guess this is so your official spoiler, spoiler one. Well, you know, you know what I can. You know what I can. I think I can. now for a little while. So we'll give you an official spoiler warning if you want to skip ahead like five minutes. Spoiler warning. So base, I thought based on farewell, I sort of got this feeling that maybe, maybe, um, it's not, it's not Amber and that all of the signs pointing to her having power are not so much a red herring as to her having power. But I feel like Chloe is a catalyst. Um, this is going to sound really weird and stupid, but I watched the show with my mother called The Dead Files. <laughs> and there's a ghost hunting mother. Yeah. My, my mother, who's a ghost hunter, in case you haven't heard me talk about her. And there's a, and there's a, a medium on this show and she tells people, you know, sometimes activity in the home Activity in the home or weird things happening around you can be catalyzed by a person who has that sort of natural power, whether it's like telepathy or empathy or they're a natural medium and they don't know that they have these powers. And rather than them exhibiting power, the people around them start to pick up shit, start to pick up and experience weird shit. And after playing Farewell, I think it's Chloe. I think Chloe is the focal point of some sort of like weird power center or like some crazy thing because like her, you know, she's the person whose father dies, who, you know, her friend moves away and comes back and her coming back. Like the second it's Chloe's re-entrance into Max's life that triggers her powers. It's, it's, uh, Chloe's introduction into Amber's life that sort of comes at the same time when Amber discovers all this bad shit and flies off the handle. And up until this point, Amber has been this really good girl. I think it's no coincidence that introducing Rachel Amber. Yeah. Rachel Amber. Sorry. Rachel Amber. I feel like her introduction, Chloe's introduction into her life and then her starting to like, uh, like all of that, like tension and all of that, like frantic energy, I feel like is no coincidence. And after watching farewell and this doesn't spoil farewell at all, but there's a couple of instances where you play as Max and, She's just looking at Chloe and like you have the opportunity as Max to say some nice things to your friend to be like, you know, like, like you, there's no one like you or you're really amazing. Like you can play along with her. You can kind of be like, no, that's stupid because you're trying to let her know that you're moving soon as Max. And there's a moment where she's sitting and she's watching Chloe from afar and Chloe's like, what's going on? And you can either play it off or tell her the truth. And if you tell her the truth, you say, there's like, there's no one quite like you. Like Max is just completely in awe of this girl that has chosen to be her friend. And the whole episode is about her sort of marveling that someone like Chloe could take someone like her into her inner circle and like become so close with her. So I think like, I love the Tempest illusions and I feel like what they did with before the storm, I definitely, after playing the third episode, I felt like it was more Chloe than Rachel Amber. But, um, I think that whatever, power the developers have decided exists in the world of life is strange i think it's chloe i think it has to be in chloe or something with chloe Hmm. that's my theory i never thought about it that way before yeah i know it took me a while i finished farewell and i was like wait a minute because it's just like and then and you know like the final moments are with her like it ends on her like 
she's such an emotional and volatile human. It would like, it's not hard to believe that maybe she's harboring something that gets sort of blown out onto other people. Yeah. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Deep shit. All right. Thanks, crap TV. (laughs) Next up from Tyler. In the two attachments I'm sending, please have the Queen of Kingdom Hearts see them and comment. Me? We'll get to that in just one second. I've been a fan since I was 10. Not far behind you, amazing ladies. I'm 26, going on 27 on the 15th. Happy early birthday. And I have been listening since the second podcast on Spotify. Why, thanks. I also live near Chicago, so it sucks that there isn't a con or a nerd event that you can guys can come out to and get some Chicago love from us fans here. I'll be listening to another amazing yet sad podcast while I work. Love you guys. Hashtag whiskey bombshell. Hashtag queen of cage. Hashtag the salty one. Hashtag wine queen. Hashtag forest floor. P.S. I'm sure you guys are busy, but look into Knocking Point. It's a wine club created by Stephen Amell, the Green Arrow. What? And a friend of his. They are currently making one with Jason Momoa, who, uh, shocking to me, is a wine guy. A that, wine? Of course, How do we not get this club going? Wine? Can we do this? This yes. sounds incredible. Oh, yes. Sorry it's long. Forest floor flavors, guys. <laughs> P.P.S. Note to everyone, nothing can or will be perfect. It's the imperfections that make us who we are. Give us character and tells the stories that we have been through. And it's what makes you perfect. Aww. This is from Tyler. So Show me those pictures. What so are they? Let me show you. So he sent us some photos of his tattoos. <gasps> oh, my God. Did you get a I was fucking oblivion tattooed on your arm? Monster, and then there's this, this is the other one. Oh, my God. You sweet, sweet boy. You got Oathkeeper and Oblivion tattooed on your two arms. That's really poetic. So uh, tell tell us about these. So, oh my God, I'm going to try to simplify this as much as I can with oh the boy. least <laughs> amount of words and gobbledygook. I have no walk. idea what these are, but they look really cool. There's a character named Roxas and Roxas, uh, you find out later is not, he's, he's a nobody, which means he's half a person. When Sora stabbed himself with a keyblade in Kingdom Hearts 1, his heart came out and became a heartless creature and then yeah with one of these babies and you then stab himself with sharp this? yeah How do you stab i don't know i don't know it's, just, it's a blunt object i really don't understand but uh he be- More of a bludgeoning he object, became a heartless stabbing, stabbing and then stabbing. and then it released it released um uh released i guess uh, my champagne glass so it released a piece of him that became an entirely separate human called a nobody named Roxas. And Roxas had to go back into Sora in order for Sora to be complete. But you find out later that Roxas was actually probably a whole person because he was made of Ventus's heart and Ventus's heart was sleeping in Sora the whole time. That's either here or there. Anyway, Roxas, when we first see him, he can wield two Keyblades at once. And up to this point in the series, we have not been able to see that. He wields one overhand and one, one overhand and one underhand. Um, and one of those, one of those is, uh, we see him, he has Oblivion, which is, which represents Riku. His final attack in the first game is Welcome Oblivion. And then the Oath Keeper, which represents Kyrie and sort of the promise that he's sort of kept to Kyrie. That's the, that's what people say they represent, but both of them in certain contexts represent you know, both sides of, both sides of Sora, the light and the darkness, Sora and Riku, like it's the two parallels. I know it's going over everyone's head, <laughs> but these We're two, like, wait, what's happening? The bottom line is these, I wish I had some veggie these, straws. These two Keyblades are iconic. Like they are two of the most, like you look at them, you know what they are. Even if you're like someone who only played like two Kingdom Hearts games, you know what they are. Um, they're really cute. I actually, I don't have my keys on me, but me and my, 
my three siblings all have a keyblade on our keys. I have Oblivion because I am Riku for obvious reasons. Um, my littlest brother has Oathkeeper because he's the strong one that keeps us all together. And my middle brother has the kingdom key because he's p- too pure for this world. Um, but we all have a different, That's really fucking cute. Yeah. We all really have, cute. we all have a keyblade that represents us and it's all on our keys. So when we're all home and we all hang up our keys when we're all home, it's like the Do three keyblades. you like Captain Planet your keys together? No, you like that's weird. Second dimension. That's our weird. powers combined. <laughs> we are Kingdom Hearts. But we hang them up and it's like all three keyblades like hanging down. Um, and can you like insta that next time you're home? Next time I'm actually going. Put it on the gram or whatever? Yeah, I'm going home in like a month and a half to celebrate my 30th birthday with my family. So Yay. I am. Uh, I will take a picture. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you. That, Tyler, those are awesome him. tattoos. Also, they're fucking huge. It's cray cray. So his tattoos are on his forearm. Yeah. So one blade on one forearm, the other blade on another forearm for people who are listening. Um, Joe from Chicago, another Chicago fan wants to know, have you ever, wait, oh yes. Wait, did we answer this question? No. Have you ever tried playing Final Fantasy Brave X, XVS? Yes. Did we do that already? No. no, it was a different Final Fantasy. It's a mobile game similar, no, different Fire Emblem. It's a mobile game similar to Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah. We're talking about Fire Emblem Warriors at the beginning. Fire a Wars. little less horny casino and a little more nostalgic casino. <laughs> I think Brave Exvius is lame, actually. Oh, it's okay. just not, it's like I couldn't, I couldn't get behind it. And then they made Ariana Grande a character and I was like, no thanks. Oh, that game. Yeah. 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 She was like in a bunny suit and I was like, no, thank you. Weird, right? Weird. Yeah. Okay. Mobius is interesting, which is the other Final Fantasy mobile game. Mobius is, I guess, continuing the storyline of Final Fantasy X in an update coming up some point soon. That seems random. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. I have so feelings about that. That's under here or there. Michael <laughs> Fitzgerald needs to know my question for Alexa is how did it feel having Andrea and Britt compete in your memorial tag team tournament for the League of Heels at PAX? I, I saw the video. I didn't watch it live. I saw the video, and I thought it was very appropriate that you guys got as far as you did. Britt, tell us, what did you think of your first pax experience? <laughs> well, I found out what my shtick was, like, literally the night before. So I'm in Boston, and so I scrambled to Party City, and I found a whole bunch of props, Typical. and I became Britcoin. I took a, a tank top and took, I found orange, uh, duct tape at Target and I turned it into the Bitcoin V and I was Bitcoin and it was the hottest garbage truck on fire, but it yep. was super so fun. Good. It is it's the, always a garbage truck on fire. Oh no, it's the best way to wind down packs. It is just so fun and so chill and no one knows what's going on. And it is just like, all right, this is, this is insane, but I, I'm just going to roll with it. I didn't know anything that was going to happen. I was just along for the ride. It was really fun. <laughs> so I had no idea that there was a um, tribute tag team tournament in my honor. They didn't tell us either. Nope. For the record, I had like the run of show. They didn't like they had no mention of the Alexa Ray tag team tournament. No, I, uh, I I just remember I was it was a Sunday. I This was during my my convalescence. I had like done I I was hoping to be cleared to fly. I was hoping to go. But like my shoulder and my back were still a mess and they were like, please don't fly yet. So all I know is that I was like, you were missed. I was, I, I missed being there. We had, a, was, we had a printout of you at the, at the I panel. Saw, <laughs> I saw that picture. That was, that was great. That was but real I fun. Was, Alexa, I got to say it real quick. So I, I was like, okay, if I got to get a picture of Alexa for this panel, which one am I going to choose? So I found the one that I felt like embodied you the most, which is your kingdom hearts chocobo or is your chocobo photo. <laughs> yep. And 
And so I, I, I had it on my phone and I'm like, sir, I need you to print this out for me at Kinko's. And he's like, okay. So he, so he prints it out on like okay. the company printer. And then I'm like, sir, I need you to help us. I need you to help me enlarge this. And there's only two printers in the entire PAX East Convention Center. So I have this line of like four people behind me. And I'm like, no, sir, this isn't big enough. I need you to blow this photo up bigger. So I keep holding your photo. I was there for like 20 minutes and I still, I need to like do something with them. Have about 30, like, needs to be 30. Yeah, I had like 30 photos of you that were just like, you know, like mistakes in the sense like they weren't big enough or they were off centered or something. It was a good time. Yeah, so she, she showed up to the panel with like all of these misprints and we're misprints. like, what are we going to do with them? What did you do with them? Well, we put a bunch of them in the audience. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone tweeted a picture of me sitting next to, or tweeted a picture sitting next to a photo. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I had no idea any of that was happening. I was also not checking Twitter really. And I like came home. I like went on a, like a walk or something on Sunday night and I was like, I'm just going to check Twitter and my, and it was like, you have 300 notifications. And I was like, what the fuck? So I went and I checked and it was just people tweeting the photo of like tweeting, like, like the tag, the tag team screen of me with the thing. And then, and you guys, uh, you two like on stage and then like the pictures from the panel. And I was just like, I did more damage at PAX and it wasn't even there. <laughs> it was That's so true. weird. Oh my God. But the first PAX. No one actually got injured. Oh god. There were yeah. no real world injuries. To exactly. break to clap for that. Break yep. the tradition. I mean, my ear got busted on the flight back. Yeah, but you didn't get injured at PAX. On the way back. It's true. 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 Is it doing okay now, Steimer? I mean, for the most she part. Can hear oh. I can hear like ninety percent. That's, that's pretty that's good. pretty good. You're funny. Pretty good. I'll take it. I'll take it compared to zero. Yeah, exactly. We all about that suit of fit. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Emmett. Hello, ladies. So I'm very sad that Alexa is leaving the podcast, especially because I'm a huge Kingdom Hearts fan as well. So my question for her today is when Kingdom Hearts 3 finally comes out, will you come back for an episode to discuss your thoughts on the game? I really hope so. Love you guys. So without giving away Oh my god! I don't know if this is this is not a hint or whatever. I can't, <laughs> I cannot. Uh, but I might send some notes? M- whispers notes. I might slip something under someone's door. Maybe you'll send an anonymous letter from a, a, a like maybe a, like a ghost writer name. Maybe an anonymous ghost will send an email about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> now that I'm not in press i can actually make good on a promise that i made to my siblings i was worried i wouldn't be able to keep it if i was still in press in it to cover this game we promised no matter where we were what was going on when that game came out we would all fly home and play it together Aww. and now i can actually do that hey. so it'll probably be because like i'm not That's waiting amazing. i'm not waiting like until christmas break or whenever the hell i can go home like we're literally all just like gonna convene and like power through it so That's I'm really looking forward to that. But so, so, something will something will happen. Someone will get something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Final question. Oh, my God. Don't what? worry. It's an easy. It's a relatively easy one. Okay. From Marcus. He wants to know, if you had to give one piece of advice to an aspiring author, what would it be? Just do it. Don't wait. Don't wait for the right day or the right conditions or the right timing for you to start. If you have an idea in your head, like, 
you can do what I do, which is write all this shit on post-it notes. And I literally outlined, I outlined my book and I'm outlining my second one on a wall. Like I wrote everything down and then just kind of moved all these concepts around with sticky notes on a wall. And my roommate at the time thought I was freaking cuckoo, but don't like, just, just sit down, get it all on paper, start writing it in the paper, open a Google doc on your lunch break and maybe spend 30 minutes just jotting everything down. If you have like, you know, a pair, whether, whether it's a paragraph, a chapter, a sentence, something, anything, just start writing, writing it down. Because once you start doing those little things, everything else will seem so much more surmountable and so much easier. So I would say, just do it. Don't wait for the perfect storm because YOLO, obviously, and you, you make your own opportunities. Like you fight for your own opportunities. You like, if you want something, like you don't get what you don't ask for and you don't achieve what you don't work for. So just freaking do it. And it's not like a question of like, oh, can I do it? You absolutely can do it. You just have to know, you just have to know yourself that you can do it and trust that you can do it. Trusting in yourself is something that took me a long time to learn. But I think once you've got that down, pretty much anything is possible. So yeah, just do it. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when life hands you, and so many of you tweeted to me about this, (laughs) sometimes when life hands you lemons, you just got to eat the damn lemons. It's fine. You're not going to die. Maybe they taste a little bitter, but in the end, the end result is only good for you. So choke down those lemons. Everything's going to be great. (laughs) Vitamin C, y'all. Yeah. Can I cry now? No, no, no crying. Oh my God. There's no crying in podcasts. Thank you. Or podcasting. So another big thank you to everybody who took the time to, to write in. And if we missed your question, we apologize. But, um, obviously it goes without saying that, you know, we're going to miss you on the show. Nobody asked the question I was hoping they would ask, which is what, what my favorite part of this whole thing was. I mean, I asked you, but you didn't tell me on the air. So I would love to hear your answer. When I, when we started this, like I was friends with all of you, but through this, we've just become closer. And like, I've spent my whole life trying to like find my female tribe. It was really hard. I'm going to start crying. Here we go. Um, it was really hard for me to make friends with like other women. So just finding people who just like accepted me and were like, whether you talk to me every day or once a week or whatever, like, like I know that again, to borrow like a stupid Kingdom Hearts trope, like wherever we are, we're still under the same sky and we're still there for each other. And you guys are still out there and you'll always be out there. We're here. So. (laughs) Exactly. And the good news (laughs) is that we're all still going to be in video games together. You're not going too far away. It's not like you're like, I'm now a private insurance salesperson. Oh God. There's nothing. There's nothing. No, but it's just like such a good hard thing for her. Yeah. No. Like there's nothing wrong with selling insurance. I've heard it's actually quite lucrative. Uh, but I'm in games. So did I from a man who would not stop talking about your up on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Who was a private insurance sale. (laughs) But the, the good news is that we hopefully will get to run into you. Oh, you will. You know, throughout the year at uh, uh, these numerous events that we're going to and, you know, thinking back on, on all of our memories and we really do hope you guys will join us at some point during our, our live stream because we're, do putting, it. we're putting together a little compilation video of some of our favorite moments, both I'll be creepily that we're watching. on air and that we're off air. Wait, what? 
Well, we have a bunch of test. I record a test video for everyone who's never um, seen us perform the show live, which oh is literally God. like uh, like just a handful of people at this time that have actually done it. You're showing the test videos. Not all of them, but there's some good ones out there. <laughs> did, you include, oh did you include the Dick Dick Six one? Oh, well, is that one in there? Because um, I remember maybe? that one. Which one? The Dick's one. Oh, there's a lot of Dick's oh. one. I know. Oh, a lot. I mean, oh, draw a dick on it? No. Oh. No. There well, was one where we were like man. singing. I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing this. I'll be watching. We'll I can't wait. So there's a lot of moments <laughs> that I haven't gone back to find. But, uh, not that I don't want to. Just, we literally have thousands of hours of content at this point, which is amazing to think we're in episode 51 of the show coming up our one year anniversary. And how many of you guys have supported us, you know, since day one. And thank you to all of the new people who've just found us this week. If this is your first episode, we hope that you also enjoyed it and will subscribe and, and, and be part of what we're building and going on. And, Do it. um, you know, Alex Ray will always, be part of what what's what's good was. I'll, be, I'll be lurking yeah lurking in the background being like hello i'll be somewhere i'm here to talk about the horny casino <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> start slipping i'm gonna like figure out what night you're recording and just like slip papers under the door and you'll be because like, i live five minutes away i can just be like Burr. there you go mm-hmm. but yeah no this has been like really great and i've had like st- stupid fucking year and i feel like it would not have it would not have i would not have come out of it stronger and a little more i guess up if it weren't for you guys this is what friends are for friend mm-hmm. we are here now what can i cry yeah go ahead cry uh, cry to that big daddy uh, all right ladies do you have any party <laughs> thoughts before we wrap up and say goodbye adieu adieu, uh, adieu. so our exactly. first wgg con was may 5th and that yep. was three days from now and a year ago. And it's just crazy because Alexa, obviously I knew you, but we weren't friends like we were now. And so I will forever be grateful for WGG for allowing us to form this friendship that we have because you are like by far one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. And you are like Girl. a true gem of a human. And I love your passion for games and what you do. And I... I'm so happy for you that you've been able to stand up for yourself and do what you needed to do to take care of yourself. And I think that you shared your story with everyone is extremely brave. And I know it's helped out a lot of people. And I, I'm sad to see you go, but that sadness is tempered by the fact that I know you're going somewhere that you're going to fucking kick ass. (laughs) I think it's a job that was made for you. And I know I'm in, I'm in, I see Andrea and we do WG shit all the time, like at least once a month. So I know you're just a few minutes down the road. So I know, I I know I will see you and I will give you hugs and we will be in touch. So it's sad to see you go, but I am just more excited for you than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Brittany. Steiner, do you have any husbando advice for Alexa and her future husbando adventures? She's doing better than I am. So I don't know what I could possibly tell her Uh, as I sit alone in my dark ass apartment. No, you got a cool Um, blender back there. What? You got a cool blender back there. I I have a kick ass blender. Thanks, mom. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I'm not good at this stuff, especially not like on emotions like publicly. I'm much more of like the private person. I get you. I put you on the people. spot. That's on me. That's okay. But you know that I love you and I will miss you. So, well, but I don't have, it's like one of those things where like, I'll miss you here, but like, I'm not going to miss you in general. Cause like you're around. Yeah. 
yeah. you guys will be recording and i'll bust it'll you'll like be done and tired and i'll be like hey no, what's up guys want party? Us anymore <laughs> you're gonna be like that's not allowed that freaked me out i will out. never I do that like again it. you're not allowed to bust through the door like the kool-aid man <laughs> i mean awesome, no though. promises no freaking promises unless you say oh yeah and then <laughs> okay oh yeah maybe i'll do oh, that yeah and they'll be like all right that was fun. so for everyone who <laughs> okay. is missing that reference when we were doing our patreon happy hour q a which you can get into for one dollar a month at patreon.com slash what's good games uh we were beginning uh to do our q a and then there was a giant like thump at the door and a luxury <laughs> oh, ray just bursts in and we scream it didn't help that, that we were talking about silent hill yeah. Yeah. The yeah. clip is on Twitter. I yeah. frequently go watch it because the sound he made, Brittany, was like fear emotion and just like went up and it was so good. It was like fear into happiness it all at the same so time. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. It was a very strange It sound. reminds it me pretty- of the uh, Bethesda press conference last year when Zelda was talked about at Skyrim. It was some weird. I was really drunk. It was a Skyrim slash Zelda oh, compilation. Girl, you made some weird noise. Yeah, yeah. And Alexa, you said it was the most guttural like sound of fear, but also like the best orgasm I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> it, was like, it was like... Like you had, it, 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 it was like it was a surprise orgasm. Yeah. Like you didn't know you from? were even being orgasmed. And then like the build up never happened. No, it was like orgasm. You just suddenly orgasmed, and it was like the best one of your oh life. God. It was the weirdest noise I've ever heard a human make. It was just a link amiibo uh, tapping on a switch in Skyrim with the sword. I I've never seen anyone so excited about anything in my life. And if and I just want to reach that that point. Whatever whatever <laughs> square shows it in three for Kingdom Hearts three you better make me hurt. hit that point. Oh god. Otherwise yeah, it is not succeeded. Right. Do you need Dova King in like a Mickey outfit or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? I mean, because I was Dova King in a Zelda outfit with the Master Shield. Yeah. No, you sword give him a, a keyblade. And the Hylian shield or whatever. I called it a Master Shield the other day and Bert's it's like, fine. excuse me. It's fine. It's the Hylian shield, actually. I'm excuse there is me, no Master Shield. Oh, it's fine. Um she yeah, she schooled me. Obviously, I know nothing about Zelda and she knows literally everything. Um, okay. We got to wrap this up because we are now, we've now on the recording. This is the longest podcast. We broke the three hour mark. Um, Alexa Ray, thank you for everything you've brought to What's Good Games, including baby ass baby mode. Yeah. Um, husbandos, fucking like the thing I'll never live down, the fucking seal bando. Oh my gosh. I think that was my favorite moment. When I were playing careless whisper and the seal sounds at the same time. That was so classic. I fucking lost my shit. That's a classic. Perfect. Uh, we'll have to pull that up, put that in the compilation. Yeah. But, um, I love you guys. And we thank love you, you, everyone. And we can't wait to hear more about your new thing. And I'm sure everybody out there is excited to hear too. Sorry, I can't say. You. And, um, it'll be, uh, it'll be hopefully sooner than you think that you'll find out. And, um, yeah. we'll high five and hopefully take photos and celebrate again. Yeah. I will be at E3. Yeah. Just yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I like that it's vague. It's specific. Yeah. I'll be at E3. I'll be somewhere at E3. Somewhere at E3. Who the hell knows? Where is it? In a corner. She in a hole. Say. Who knows? On the ceiling. In the sky. Who knows? <laughs> maybe swing by our stage and just wave. That's it. Photo bomb the stage, maybe. Don't say yeah. where the stage is yet, though. We haven't announced it. Do the I don't think wave. I know either, so. Yay. Ah. I'll just, I'll like drive by, throw glitter at you, run away. You won't know what happened. It'd be perfect. Great. Or I'll just run up and scream and whoever's hosting you will be like, what the fuck was that? Perfect. WTF. WGG, WGF. be like, I don't know. She's like some weird fan that comes to everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't even We're know what concerned. her name is. 
<laughs> it's veggie straws. Wait, can we get yeah. extra security when she's around? Oh my gosh, that's gonna that's gonna be my like secret creeper name, Veggie Straws. Oh my god! You are all. If you're listening to this podcast, you now are in on the secret. If Andrea, if the girls ever get an email or a secret note from Veggie Straws, it's me. (laughs) Veggie Straws, so good. Hey guys, I have this new Kingdom Hearts secret slash Veggie Straws. (laughs) XOXO Veggie Straws. Oh my god, so good. Or here's the okay. No, what's gonna happen is Andrea's gonna be like, guys, I'm eating Veggie Straws, and that's the code. I mean, that turned weird for half of a second. (laughs) How? (laughs) Pure Simer. Forget it. Let's just wrap this episode up. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. You're all amazing. Don't give up on your dreams. If life gives you lemons, sometimes you just got to eat the lemons. And and yeah. And eat the lemons and take a shot of sugar after. You'll be fine. Yeah. Believe in yourself. You have one life. You get one shot. Nothing. Nothing is unattainable or impossible. And I want you to really believe that when I say it. I was kind of yeah. hoping you were going to bust into 8 Mile right there. Oh. You only get one shot. <laughs> we'll wrap afterwards. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in this week. Thank you, Alexa Ray. We love you guys. We will be back next week with our anniversary show, Friday, May 11th, at twitch.tv slash what's good games and youtube.com slash what's good games. Please join us. It's going to be wonderful. We love you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Mwah.